Welcome to Dual Win Games Episode 12. Today on Table Talk, we talk about the Origins Game Fair. We go over our top five most anticipated games at the convention. We review the ancient world in Orleans. We are your hosts. Ryan here. Tim here. <laughs> Switch it up a little bit. Get your own little... It's just Tim here. Copy me. Uh, Hi. <laughs> I don't know. I wasn't ready for that. I know. I'm. My mind's uh, thinking about origins. You know. I'm pretty excited. So. So was mine. But before we get into that, let's do a little recent plays. What do you say? Let's do it. All right. What uh, What interesting or non-interesting game do you want to talk about? So, our last game day, we played Evolution Climate. Yes, we did. And we had played it last year at Origins. We Te- played technically. We played it the year before the so what climate? three years ago? Well, no, not climate evolution. evolution yeah, we played a few years ago, yeah. but that was our first introduction at Origins. And actually, at the time, it was a different Tim in our group. He he. Ended well, up, we have that Tim. We see him once a year. Yeah, twice a year. Yeah, that <laughs> the the rarity Tim. Yep. We demoed it and. I, I remember going into that Origins. I was ex- that was one of the games on my list to try, and we had a chance to demo it. I thought it was pretty decent, and Tim bought it, and we never played it again. <laughs> well, we played it a number of times in the hotel lobby that year at Origins. Oh, maybe we did. And I think there was a game day or two that you didn't show up for that he. I remember he picked it a couple times. Okay. So okay, I, I know so you didn't play it much. Okay. After that. I didn't. So then fast forward to last year is when we got to demo Evolution Climate. So what were your initial thoughts of that game? Of Evolution or Climate? Uh, Let's go with Climate. I think I'm pretty similar with you. Uh, Great artwork on the game. Love it. Yep. I love the watercolor. Yeah, it's some of the best best artwork, honestly. And because I like those bright greens and blues that pop. But the game for me is, it's okay. It's it's a fine game. I think if I played it too much, it'd get real samey and repetitive. Yeah. Um, I like it best when there's a bunch of carnivores out there. It just makes it a lot more tense and exciting. That game, you were really the only carnivore. Yep. You got one early. I got one the first round, I believe. Yep. And I was the only one for like five or six rounds. Yeah, I didn't draw one ever until like, the second to last round or something like that. <laughs> and at that point, you either need to hope you get lucky and other people bring out weak or like smaller animals or you just eat your own to feed them. Yeah. So I had a couple herbivores and they're super puffed up. So they just it was I, pretty much. I, I couldn't eat them because they had climbing. I think climbing that, that was the biggest the one cooperate, you had. Uh, not cooperation, but the client. I had two or three defensive things on both of them. Yeah. Um, so you're munching a little bit on other people. Um, I like the climate because it just gave you something more that you had to think about and prepare for. Yep. And I know you're kind of iffy on it. I, I thought, so initially when we first tried it, I thought, obviously I, I liked it better than base evolution. The second time we played it now, I thought it was, it was fine. I would still prefer to play it with climate. But I don't know. It was just kind of. I, I can see it getting really samey. 
And, you know, kind of like what you had mentioned, I was... Are you talking with climate or just the game in general? Just the game in general. Okay, yeah. And you had mentioned that I was the only carnivore right away. And even though I'm not big on conflict in certain games, this one, it's it's fine because you're that's I mean that's what the game is you're kind of building yourself up to either defend or eat someone but I was the only carnivore so everyone was just getting huge and then we we actually played wrong to where I I lost my only carnivore late in the game and we didn't play the rule where you actually draw cards for how many cards you discard when you lose your car you or you your species so that really handicapped me on the like the second to last round because I was trying to build a species back up and it was just I play I played two rounds of just doing nothing. Scoring no points, not eating anything. It was just kind of meh. So I don't know. It's it's a fine game. I'll still play it if I mean that part the last round that was just because we played it wrong and we realized too yeah. late. So Yeah. Because you would have had a ton of cards that, and be able to puff that, something up. That probably would have helped a lot. Well, no doubt it would have. Right. But still, the game, it is what it is. It's a fine game. It's not a great game by any stretch. No, it's nothing I'm thinking about after we play it. It's, uh, I'll play it one, once a year is good for me, maybe twice a year. That's, yeah. that's enough. Mm-hmm. So, What else you get played lately, Tim? Uh, so shortly after we played Evolution Climate, played Fury of Dracula. Yeah, Aaron picked it, and uh, I was able to snake my way out of that one. Yeah, and I know you're not a big fan, but despite you not liking it, I guess I don't want to speak for Aaron, but I think he liked it. He didn't complain about it. Yeah, he likes the game. I was able to sneak in uh, into Brass Lancashire, so I was happy. Yeah. Um, I'm in. I'm up in the air about that one because I haven't tried it yet, so I'm not going to get going on that. But this game, Fury of Dracula 3rd Edition, it is the Fantasy Flight... It was their last edition that they did. And I I really enjoy the game. I like the theme of it. One player plays Dracula, and you're laying cards and setting a trail. And the hunters are trying to find out where the trail is. They're trying to find where Dracula is so they can fight him. And it's kind of... It's a slower build than some other hidden movement games. Because... As the hunters, typically you don't want to find Dracula right away. You want to kind of build up to that. You want to get certain weapons and stuff like that. But the combat's kind of different because whoever's in the combat, they're going to pick a card out of their hand. And uh, when they reveal the card, you match symbols. So if the hunters match Dracula's symbol, they cancel Dracula's card. And then they usually get to punch Dracula or shoot him with a rifle or whatever the case is. Would you want to punch a vampire? Like, I'd be scared to touch him even. Is he going to get his teeth into you? Um, yeah, you know. I'd want some ranged combat, I think. Yeah, that would that would have to be your last resort. If I'm going to do combat, which I'm not going to do combat with him. I'm just going to let him. Yeah, I would prefer to not encounter a vampire. Yeah. I'm just going to let him drink my blood because what just, am I going to do? Just turn into a vampire? Yeah, I got no chance. yeah that's true but yeah i just uh you know i really enjoy this game so i would recommend it yeah i know aaron's a fan i know he said this play wasn't that 
good for him because number one, he wasn't playing Dracula. Number two, he you did play three players, so he was controlling two people. And then what? Uh, Johnny showed up, so then he gave one of his characters to Johnny. Yeah. And then the other character Aaron had was like way uh, off the and uh, did nothing. Yeah. The whole game. And that was a character he kind of built up, mm-hmm. and so me playing Dracula, I started on one end of Europe and cut right across the middle and I ended up going down into one of the seas. So they had to kind of split because they found my trail, but they ended up having to split. So Aaron was like, well, I think he's going to go to Castle Dracula. I think he's going to go over to the Black Sea. So he took his beef character and went that way to try to cut me off, and I ended up going all the way back to Spain. So then he spent pretty much the entire game trying to catch that guy back up. And that's where I can really see this game hurting if we played with the full player count, because if you are left out of combat and you're just on your turn during the day, you're just moving your character. I can see how that can really hurt a play. That's why I always suggest that we play the game with three, maybe four. Yeah. I think I've played a three, four and five, but I think it's best with three. One, one person plays Dracula and then each other player playing the hunters they get two characters so that it gives you more to do yeah 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 you're really down on this aren't you i just when i'm playing it i just want to be playing specter ops because the game is less than half the length so i can play it half the time and as soon as the game starts boom i'm in the action like you know where that infiltrator is you know where he could have gone and you're already you're on the case. So both teams are sweating from the get-go. Yeah, I might like playing Dracula better than playing the Hunters or the Infiltrator Inspector Ops, but I like playing both those sides pretty equally in Inspector Ops, where in Fury I've played three times, and each time I've played the Hunters, I've it just I've been bored, and it drags. And I, yeah, some pretty boring turns. But that's not to say I won't give it a shot playing Dracula sometime. Maybe. Yeah. I'm not going to force it on you because I, I don't. tried. He did try. And I got out of it. Yeah. But, you know, I don't know. I don't know if you'll like playing Dracula. You might. You know, playing, placing the trail and. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's more of, of a game. Yeah, I just, we'll move on. <laughs> so. Okay. My brother and I recently played the second scenario in Gloomhaven. Oh, really? Yep. Um, We both agreed we like it a little bit more than we did on the first play. A lot of that has to do with we know what's going on and whatnot. But still, we're both disappointed. It's the scenarios are kind of the same. It's just playing the cards, combat, repetition... Feels pretty samey, and I hope the scenarios change it up. We're going to give it a few more scenarios, and we might just give up after that if it doesn't start improving. Oh, yeah. I know it'll improve a little bit when we get level up and stuff, but it's just going to be better cards of the same. Yeah, I was going to say, type. I it's don't... not like. You know, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not far enough into the campaign to know if it really ramps up that the gameplay at all. Or if the story is that, you know, 
it's supposed to be the grabbing, you know, it's supposed it, to be maybe, the hook for me. Yeah, maybe it's not going to pull you in as much. So I don't know. I it, yeah, I didn't find the story that enticing so far, at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we actually got to a point where we got to kind of we had a branch off where do we want to go good or bad or kind of that's kind of the feeling that I got with the two decisions we had. And I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I guess it doesn't surprise me that you're not big into it. Yeah. I want some variety in the, just some variety in the combat or like the, uh, some options or different type of scenarios, you know, I'd rather play, I'd rather, I mean, obviously I'd rather play Mage Knight than this. It's way better for me. But I'd rather play Dungeon Alliance too. It's about yeah. the same weight, and it's got a lot of card play. Yeah, I've uh, never, I've never tried Dungeon Alliance. I've heard you talk about it. Yeah. As just as of right now, I'm just pretty disappointed in Gloomhaven. It's not a bad game for me or anything. It's fine, but I thought it was gonna be a lot better. Hmm. But we'll see after a few more scenarios if it. It starts improving a little bit more. On a on a positive note, mm-hmm. this is your brother's copy. Yep. So, so that's on him. Worst case, you're not into it. Nope. Yeah, it's on him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i I've enjoyed it. It's I don't think it deserves to be number one on Board Game Geek by any means. Yeah, having played it now, I yeah I would no way I'd purchase it. I would half price. I want it now. I. I need a deep discount, like a like ultra deep discount, like, like twenty bucks. They're giving it away at that point. Yeah, I, I just yeah, it's not that interesting to me for. So you would, <laughs> you would just play someone else's copy. I'm even struggling to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it is what it is. Yeah, it's, I thought it'd be my kind of game. You know, I love uh, Mage Knight. This is another. Same typey-ish, like, adventure-type fantasy, heavier-type game, and just, I don't know, it just fell flat for me. Both hmm. of us, actually. Hmm. So. That's too bad. It is. It's unfortunate. Yeah. Do you have a do you have plans to play it soon, or no? We're meeting back up in a couple days, and we don't think we're going to be playing it. Oh. We actually planned on playing two scenarios the other day when we played, and after the first scenario, we both just kind of looked at each other, and it's like, ah, oh, we can play something else. Oh, yeah. You know, we're both just, it wasn't like we were miserable, you know, it's just, it's just going to be the same, like, by the end of each scenario, I'm just done, because it's like, playing my cards, oh, this, playing my card. you know, it's, I'm just done with it, after like... <laughs> Half hour. See, I, I, I like that. I like playing the cards. It's then, not as nearly as interesting as like playing the Mage Knight, though. I just have more options. Yeah. At at this point, I would play Gloomhaven over Mage Knight. That's probably because you're not but, comfortable enough with yeah, Mage Knight. That's probably what it is. Yeah. But that's just that's just me. Mm-hmm. Without spoiling too much, quote quote. What uh, what character do you use? Uh, it's like a ice crystal looking person. <laughs> it's just an ice crystal. It looks like a rock, <laughs> like a crystal rock. 
Okay. I can't remember what it's called. A Michael, some like brute type looking guy. I, okay. I, I, I can tell you're really into your characters. Obviously, it hasn't uh, made that much of an impact <laughs> on me. That's right. That's just funny. All right. You want a you want a new play that I had? Yeah. What do you got? Well, bring it up a little bit here. Okay. I, I'll try to. So the other game I want to talk about is it's a game that I really enjoy, but the timing of the pick was very questionable. And that was Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective. And this game is basically you get a storybook, you're going to read through it, you're going to try to solve some type of murder case or whatever it is, and then you're going to match up to see how you did against Sherlock Holmes. So this game is fairly thinky, right? Something that you want to be fresh for. You want to be fresh for all the reading that's going on. Right. You're basically going through a novel while you're be- trying to battle sleep. Yeah, because you want to you want to pay attention. Yeah, you don't want to miss little details. I'm not able to do that when I play this game. And I could not believe it when Johnny's last pick of the day, it was like 10, 10, 10 30 at night, and he says he wants to pick Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, it was like 10.30. I bailed. Yeah, you bailed the... Other wet bandit, Marv, Marv bailed. Marv bailed. I think my brother Michael was going to bail, but then he felt bad that we both. You guys, you guys like cornered him in. Yeah. And we were playing at my house, so I couldn't really bail. Mm. But we stuck it out. We read through the introduction of the scenario, and we hit a wall. Like we could not figure it out. We ended up going to like four or five locations. We just could not see what we were missing. We had to try to find some foreign guy in london so what we ended up doing was it dawned on us hey maybe this guy lives in london and sure enough we find him and his wife they have a house in london and then from there we were we started piecing it together and we actually we actually did pretty well i'm not sure what time we got done playing i know it was late (laughs) but uh i still had a lot of fun with it and I think in that Sherlock Holmes, uh, it was it's the Jack the Ripper scenarios. I think I have only two more out of the ten in that entire box to play. Oh, we're done with it. Um. Well, <laughs> then I could purchase the next one. Yeah, there's all sorts of yeah. I know. That, and there's Mythos Tales. And... Yeah, you don't have to play. No, I I ended up uh, a couple days later. I played it with uh, Angela, and we actually had a lot of fun playing it. She she was getting into it. She was reading all the story elements to it, and even with the crazy kids in the house, we were still uh, we finished positive. That is fantastic. <laughs> I'm pumped for you. You sound pumped. Before you came over, uh, we played Beastie Bar, and that's just a little filler game. Ten, fifteen minutes to play. Everybody's got the same hand, uh, like nine or ten. Animals, they all have little special abilities. You're basically trying to jostle your way to the front of the line and get into the club or the bar. And the person with the most at the end of the game wins. Uh, yeah, it's just a little, bit, a lot of fun. Once you re- learn uh, the animal powers, it flows much better. So you got like an alligator's eating all the lower value animals. A lion's going to the front. The skunk is kicking people out. So yeah, the more I play it, the more I'm enjoying it. I'm still not crazy about it, but. Super cheap, you know. It's like a ten, fifteen dollar game. So, yep. and it plays pretty quick. Yeah, it's ten minutes. Yeah. So, and it it doesn't outstay its welcome. It just kind of 
you start it, you play what you have, you, you know. Just kind of float your way to the end. Yep. And then uh, see what happens. But yeah, that's a, it's a fun little game. You slapping anything else out or? Am I? Um, no. I mean, I played the Ancient World, but we got that coming up in a review. So We're I'm not reviewing gonna... that today, Tim. So let's hold off on those thoughts. Oh, thanks for stopping me. Yes, yes. Yeah. I know you had to hold you back there. You, you stopped it. You saved it. Whew. I, do you have any more or not? No. Okay. So before we get into our Origins banter, did you see that the Spiel had their award nominations? Eh, what do they got? Uh, Give me the Kinder first. We'll work our way up. The Kinder? I don't even want to go with that. Okay. Um, what do you got for the regular Spiel and then do the... Uh, the advanced one, I can't. I always forget the name of that. There's the Kinder, the... What I'm looking at, they have Children's Game of the Year, they have the Game of the Year. And then Gamers or Strategy the, yeah, Game. Yeah, the Gamer Game of the Year. Do that one last, because that's... So the lot. reason I'm not going to do kids' games, because they're all in German. Okay, yep. So, no. Gans, Shans, Cle- yeah. Cleaver? Well, I'm not going to do, be I'm doing not, that again? I'm not doing that again. <laughs> so the Game of the Year, the three, they have three nominations for each one. So, for game of the year, they have just one. Okay. L, A, M, A. Llama. Well, it's it's one L. Yeah, it's like L dot A dot M dot A. Gotcha. And then where words? All right, so uh, we'll skip over that. What do we got for the strategy game or gamers game? You don't you don't have any predictions for the game of the The year? Spiel. What is it? Just one. Yeah. I don't even know what L-A-M-A is and where words. I'm just going to go with just one because I, yeah. <laughs> that was going to be my because <laughs> I can't stand word games. So I'm not going to play a werewolf word game. <laughs> what do we got for the Kenner Spiel? So the gamer game of the year. Carpe Diem. Okay. Detective, That's... a modern crime board game. Okay. And Wingspan. Wingspan will probably win that. You I haven't so? played any of the three, but I do. I am interested in playing all three of them. Yeah, I am too. So I would, I would guess Wingspan. If it's as hot in Germany as it is here in the U.S., people are paying a couple grand for it. So <laughs> <laughs> that still blows my mind. Yeah. So my, I'm not. I guess I'm not up to date on these awards. So how does it? Does it have to have a wide distribution in Germany? So it has to be at least released in Germany. I don't know, like, the time frame on when it had to be released or anything. Okay. So that's why there's some, like, a lot of years there's games that we haven't, like, last year, Quacks, Quenlinburg or whatever, that hadn't released in the U.S. yet, but it was released in Germany. There's games like that that people haven't heard much about in the U.S. because Mm -hmm. they just have to be released in Germany and... I don't know if there's a time frame or what what it is. Yeah, I would I would think Wingspan as well, just because it's it's on fire. If it was a U.S. award, it'd be Wingspan. So we'll see what the Germans think. Yeah. Getting uh, any little tidbits? Any, just any nuggets? Signed up for Tabletopia. Pretty excited about that. Oh, you did sign up. Yep. Just uh, this afternoon, actually. I know you've been talking about it. I didn't. Mm-hmm. You were, you were teasing it. I was teasing it. Did and you did you sign up? Literally after telling me you were just interested, and it was kind of at the same time. Well, I was looking at it, and then I saw I was like, "You get a month free." Okay. The first month, so I'm like, "Well, I'll just sign up then, because okay, see what it's like, and if I don't like it, I'll just drop it." 
So before we go too far, do you want to explain what Tabletopia is? So it's an online website you can go to and you can play board games on there. And there's not as many games, so you're not going to have as many people probably as something like Board Game Arena or Bordejo or... Vassal? Is that the other yeah, one? Yeah, there's, there's some other ones. But this one is made like professionally. or The publishers, they get some of the money, so it's professionally made and it looks really well. It looks really good. And I kind of just looked at a few of the games, and yeah, I like the way it looks. Um, I haven't played anything on it yet. I'll probably play a game I'm familiar with first, just to see how it compares with playing the board, uh, the table version of it, you know. Okay. But I eventually want to try some of those heavier games or just some other lighter games, too, that maybe I didn't want to purchase, but I wanted to just try them out, see what I think, and then maybe buy them from there. Okay. But we'll see how the first month goes, and if I don't utilize it that much, I'll probably just drop it. Is there AI that you play against, or is it just people? I don't think there's AI, but I'm not sure. You play against people. If someone has a gold premium, like I have it, so then I could invite some people who aren't signed up for Tabletopia that don't have premium, and they could just play with me. They don't have to actually be signed up. Really? Like we could play Wingspan, for example. We could... I could set up a game of Wingspan and then invite some, you and Aaron and Even Michael. though I'm not signed up to play Tabletopia? You might have to, like, just sign up for the free version of Tabletopia, but you don't have to actually pay any money. Really? Mm-hmm. So as long as one person has the premium for 10 bucks a month, they can invite all non-paying members. Really? Yep. Well, that's surprising. That's actually really cool. It is really cool. That not every single, not every person has to have the premium. Yeah. We should probably note this is not a paid preview of tabletopia this nope. is just us being excited about something yep <laughs> in case it came off like that <laughs> i thought that was pretty cool yeah so I, and it looks really nice professional like i like how everything looks i kind of looked at some of the other websites too they were free for the most part but it just didn't look as nice so okay. i'm like i'm gonna try this out try it for a month see what i think see if i'll actually get any use out of it I've always heard about it, and I've always been interested. I just never really looked that deep into it. Yeah, so now late at night, instead of playing Apex Legends or some video games, I'll be playing some Tabletopia or something with (laughs) with you guys. My next question would be, is it like an app, or is it just the website you go to on your phone or So as of right now, I believe it's actually an online website you go to. They are going to add iOS and app or android or whatever okay but not yet they're working on that that will be added to it so like someone could play it you know so right now you can play through i think you can play on steam and you can play just on the website and i think with the gold you can have like 10 games going at once there's a silver edition which is five bucks a month you can have like four or five games going but that one you can't invite non-paying members to participate in the games okay so that's why i went with the whatever 10 bucks a month who cares so everyone else can just leech off you yeah okay i i like that and then if we we played a crap ton then people can start leeching me money <laughs> not that i think we will play the ton but it's something interesting to try out and you know there's yeah a couple games that i don't want to pay i'll look into it but maybe i don't want to pay 60 bucks and then i'm bummed out like gloomhaven boom i could have tried it on here yeah no it's not for me 
you, save myself. You, you could try Wingspan before you go on eBay. <laughs> Pay and... four grand for it. <laughs> yep. Oh, cool. So that now brings us to... Our what, Origins Convention preview. Yes. This excitement has been building ever since last year. But I got to be honest, typically towards the end of May, when I start to see it show up on the calendar at work and other stuff like that. I'm all year I'm pumped. No, I'm, I'm telling you, it, it ramps up. Not for me. I'm already, I'm literally when it ends, <laughs> I'm already ramped up for the next year. Like, <laughs> I, it, have you ever seen the first Avengers movie? I think I saw the first one. When they're fighting in New York. Okay. I just, it makes me think of that scene when Bruce Banner comes up on that little moped and he's, he's getting ready to turn into the Hulk. And he's like, you asked me what my secret was? I'm always angry. And he starts to turn into the Hulk. It just, I'm just always hyped. Okay. Origins. <laughs> it was a dumb reference. I'm sorry. All right. So um, when you go to conventions, what are some key things that you like to bring? So this year, we're not actually connected to the convention center. We're a couple hours late on signing up for a hotel, so we got one that was about a mile away. Isn't that, That's crazy, though. Note you said a couple hours late. Yeah, I mean, that's Origins is ridiculous. So when you're going to a convention, Tim, what are some key items that you're bringing? Some key items? Yeah. Other than my overwhelming excitement? Yep. Uh, so... I guess I would start with the uh, our drive down. One of the biggest underrated items that we try to bring is a cooler. It's underrated? If... <laughs> well, yeah. We didn't take one last year. Yeah, we did. Did we? Yep. Maybe I don't remember it because it was so hot in that car. Yeah, Aaron didn't have AC last year. So I would say... Have air conditioning in the car. Unless you live really close to Columbus. Yeah. So we live about, it's about an eight, eight, nine hour drive for yeah. us. And we drove down in a Jeep that had the roll-up windows, the manual windows, no AC. I mean, it was bare bones. It was awful. And it was yeah, we're taking, terrible. We're taking my vehicle this year. We got AC. Thank God. So, yeah, I think uh, once you reach your destination, okay, something I always like to bring to the convention center, you got a backpack. It's great to have a backpack. Yep. Usually I'm the only one with a backpack, so I'm sitting there hauling all you guys' stuff That's around. Not which That's not you true. You have like a little satchel bag. I, but... I carry my sat- my Nexus Game Fair <laughs> satchel. I can but, fit a uh, game in there. I think a backpack is essential. You buy some games, you can stuff them in there. You uh, You buy some food, you can bring some snacks in there. Yeah. I think the biggest thing is when you're at a convention, especially for a few days, you want water and you want like some vitamin C supplement or whether you're getting it through your diet or something because you're a lot of germs everywhere. You want to stay, you don't want to get the crud. The con crud? Yeah. Yep, you, you don't want that. You want to avoid the con crud. Yeah, you want, you're, you're going here, you're going to have a good time, you don't want to get sick. Mm-hmm. So and I think water, the convention centers are always super dry. So you want to yeah, make they sure do you're seem hydrated. Like I think those are the main things for me. Yeah, you know, in years past, we've always brought games down with us. And now it depends on yourself. But we always get the boardroom ribbon. Mm-hmm. And I, I think if you get the boardroom ri- ribbon, that you don't 
necessarily need to bring a lot of games with you because there are so no, many games in that library. As long yep. as you know some games already or you're willing to read the rule books on some stuff. Yeah. So like this year I'm planning on bringing, so I'm running a game of Dominant Species in the actual boardroom okay. on a board game geek. Uh, there's a geek list. There's yeah. always, Each year there's a what do you bring in, what do you want to play type thing. And yep, and then people can sign up for it. And yep. You find a time and a place to meet. So I'm running a game of that. Um, I'm bringing Trickerion because I want you to play it and Aaron to play it again, and I just want to play it. <laughs> and there's not really a better time to play like a long and complex game than at a convention. Yeah. Um, and then I think I'm just bringing a couple fillers. I'm probably going to bring Fantasy Realms and Port Royal, just some late at night in the hotel room or something, yeah. filler games. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. You know, for us, so we're almost a mile away from the convention center, so we're... We, definitely want to bring some games with us to play in the hotel you know when we first get down there because we're getting down there on tuesday yeah we'll get to night so we're gonna want something to play relax and have fun in the hotel before the convention even opens so then the convention actually opens on wednesday mm-hmm. and obviously the first thing we'll do is we'll go down and get our badge and then wander around the boardroom kind of go through there do you have any events signed up on the first day for so, Wednesday? Okay. So Wednesday at 3 is when I'm uh, running that game of Dominant Species, and that's you, me, Aaron, and then three other people that we don't know. Yep. So I'm, I'm hoping that they're new players. It would be kind of exciting to teach somebody new, see how bad I am at teaching. Yeah. Um, uh, maybe they're dual winners. They could be dual winner fans. Uh, Thursday, that's when the vendor hall opens. It's at 10 a.m., so that's when everybody does that mad dash to yeah. most likely the Plan B booth. Yeah. It, that's what it was last year. Yeah. And Century is releasing again, so a bunch of people want that. I don't know if they have anything else. They got that abstract game, Tuki or something like that. Oh, okay. Or Talk or whatever. Yeah. Look for Aaron there. <laughs> yep. So that will be exciting. We'll... Go through there for a couple hours, few hours at least, demoing games, checking stuff oh, out. Oh yeah, I, I. So I pre-ordered Pipeline, so that way I didn't have to like go to the Capstone game booth. So okay. I actually pre-ordered that, so that way if there's something else I want to go to, I can. Okay. I can do that. Is you pre-ordered it? So are they sending it to you, or do you pick it up there? So I'm picking it up there. Oh, you are. Yep. That's cool. They basically just said as long as you pick it up by noon on Saturday, I think it was, they'll save your pre-order oh, copy. Oh really? Okay. Then that night, Thursday night, um, at 8 o'clock, we signed up to play Rococo. Someone's teaching that to us. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about that. Yeah, it's like a area control deck building game, and the deck building is actually pretty interesting. I've I've looked into it quite a bit before, so I'm excited to try that out. Friday, I got nothing planned. Uh, and then Saturday, I signed up at 10.30 in the morning. Someone is teaching me to play Russian Railroads. Wow. And that one I'm really excited for. That one's full, I'm guessing? Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, kind of cool because on that geek list, people asked too, like, hey, does anyone know how to play this game? Are you willing to play and teach it? And yeah. I asked on both of those, and people chimed in and said, hey, yeah, you know, I'll play it. I'll teach it. Oh, yeah. So that was pretty sweet. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really the community. It's just it's yeah. awesome. You know, yep. I mean, when you have something like that where you can set up game events and you can, you know, Yep. Ask somebody if they want to teach you a game, and they're going to step up and. Yeah, and that's. I think all of those games are getting played in the boardroom, so that's what it's great for is just meeting in there, and then yeah, you get your own. You know, you'll have a table. Yep. 
to be able to get some room. So, other than Dominant Species and Rococo, I am signed up for one, and I don't think I told you about it. <laughs> You're giving me White that cloud instead of black powder, or what? No, no miniature games yet. It's it's on that geek list as well. Is it it? Oh, it is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was on the geek if list. I wanted it on it. Uh, you can. But so this is the thing because it's Wednesday. Initially, it was either twelve or twelve thirty, and I told the guy on there that I had to be done by three o'clock. And it's a, I don't know if you want to call it quite a play test, but it's Flashpoint, the South China Sea. It's basically um, like a card-driven game, kind of like Twilight Struggle or Washington's War, that kind of thing. Okay. But it's um, it's from GMT Games. Okay, no yep, shock. Yep, there you go. And <laughs> basically, the I think it's one of the designers, he was playtesting it because it's it's going to be released later this year, if I remember right. Uh, I don't know a ton about it, but it sounded interesting. I actually saw the guy posted about it on Twitter as well. I think that's where I first saw it. And then uh, I came across it on like Geek List. So I basically just said, hey, uh, I could do it as long as it doesn't go till 3. And he was, yep, let's do so it. So what are you going to do if it's like 2.30 and he's still he's still going? Well, he's see the... walk away from him? Well, the thing is, though, because... I don't, if we are starting at three, you know, if you have it set up and you start teaching the rules, I could, I, I would think I'd have a little leeway where I can get there a little, you know, three o'clock or a little after. Yeah. It, you want to be there right away. Or else this is kind of rude though. Yeah. Well, I know. I don't want to be rude. Okay. But I also don't want to be rude and be like, oh, it's two thirty. I got to get the hell away from you. You did tell the, oh, three o'clock. You got to tell. Yeah. Is that. In the boardroom? Yeah, it's in the that... boardroom. Okay. Yep. And that's that's why I agreed to it and mm-hmm. you know said, hey, yeah, I'll check it out. Uh, so that one and then the other one, I'm actually not sure. They posted that they had an opening, and I was one of the first people to comment, I think. It? No. Uh, but no, this uh, it's a game of Captain Sonar. Oh, okay. And I'd have to look. I haven't looked in a few days. I'm not sure if I got into it or not, but... That's a possibility, and that is Friday at 9 a.m. in the boardroom. Mm-hmm. So those are my two uh, that I got signed up for. That I thought about, I saw they had one spot open on the Gaia project. I thought about jumping in on that, have someone else teach me. Yeah. In- <laughs> 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 so it's it's interesting you say that because there was one where people were looking for someone to teach them. Yeah. And I was really tempted to be like, yeah, I'll, I'll teach it. Yeah, but it's one of those things like, and that's why I picked Dominant because obviously I love the game. Yeah, it's one of those things you, you want to play something or teach something you're real comfortable with. Right. So you're, you're, yeah, and that's, I, I've played it since that geek list went up and I saw that people were looking for somebody. But I keep thinking about that first time we played it, and I was like, <sighs> Yeah, because you I, never know what kind of shape you're going to be in at the convention. Yeah, keep, I feel know. comfortable doing it now, but I'm still, like, leery. And obviously it's easier when you're teaching a game to your friends. You know, you're you're used to them, you're comfortable with yeah. them, but then you got these people you don't know. Well, the other it, thing, too, is I know how you guys are, mm-hmm. so I know how I can teach a game to you, even though I might not be the greatest at it. Yeah. You know, you might check out, 
two minutes into my explanation, but I know that. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. You're used to me just I'll learn as I play, and the first game I'm not, I'm not like, oh, I need to win. It's my identity's <laughs> wrapped in it. You know what I mean? So it's. It's like I want to I want to play and learn the game, and then from there, then I kind of think, oh, what what strategy can I go for? I always try to go for that. What seems like the most straightforward or easy strategy that first time? You're yeah, something. And really, for me, when I learn a game like that for the first time, I always just try to feel out the game mechanics and try to figure Tinker out a little bit. Yeah, kind of kind of see how different things work. You know, I I'm not gonna go in there and try to, you know. Yeah. Beat everyone. I mean, it's nice. Oh yeah, but yeah, you're know. obviously trying to win. But yeah, you're not expecting. Yeah, not in the first play, especially if someone's teaching it that they know the rules, and you're just kind of bumbling through them. Well, that is a thing, though. Too is like when you're teaching it, it's harder for you to, uh, especially when you're trying to like make sure everyone knows what they're doing. So it's harder for you to really concentrate on what you're doing yeah you're trying to make sure everyone else knows what they're doing they have any questions yeah. and you like make the, sure uh, everyone's having a good time playing you're trying to like rein everyone in yep so here's my question if we're playing dominant species are you going to just start attacking somebody one of the other people are you going to try to like are you going to go easy on some people i'm going to play exactly how i'd want somebody to play against me i'm not going to hold back okay um if they leave themselves completely open or just something like that you know it's their first play i might say maybe you don't want to do that here's some evolution cards that are coming up you might want to protect yourself you know that kind of thing i'm not going to say don't do that that's stupid i'm going to offer suggestions where they can make a decision yeah but when i play everyone's different but when i play against somebody i want them to try their hardest i don't want them to hold back against me Mm -hmm. because then that doesn't make me feel good if I lose or win because if I lose it's like wow I really suck and if I win it's like well because I'm really trying yeah so yeah it, it's kind of an interesting topic really well, well what about you how would you want somebody to I, I'd be the exact same way I wouldn't want yeah because that's the only way you're going to get better and yeah. it's more satisfying then right and if you know like if you teach me a game and you, I know, if I know you're not going to go easy on me, and I happen to win, or maybe it's a close game, it's more exciting that way instead of oh, you weren't really playing that hard. You just kind of yeah. Now, there's different ways to go about it. Like the first time I played War of the Ring with my brother, I tried like I might try a different strategy than I typically gone, but it's not like I'm just not playing optimally. Yeah, you know, I tried. I tried a couple different strategies when I'm playing some of these games. Like, oh, maybe I'll go for this. You know, I'm not that good at it, or I want to see how this works, so I just go that route. Yeah. But that's another way that you can explore the game. What about the food in Columbus? What do you think about that? The food? At the convention area. Well, I would suggest to walk a block. Go to the North Market? Go to the North Market. Yeah. That is... It's going to have everything you can possibly want. Yeah. And I, I always get the feel when we're there. It's almost like uh, a farmer's market, yeah, feel, but with restaurants or not, maybe not restaurants, just like food stands. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm sad when I go in there because there's like so many of them I want to try, and like I don't know which one to get. 
Yeah. And then I get one. I was like, well, I want to try that one now, but uh, no, I'm full. Yeah. Oh, this, yeah, it's, this one was really good, but it's pretty cheap too. You know, 10 bucks or so you can yeah. get a good meal. Yeah. Um, it, but there, are, if you don't want to walk to the North market, they do have little like food stands. There's a food court in, in the bottom of the convention center. Nothing crazy. You know, it's, Subway, yeah. there's, there might be a McDonald's, I can't remember. There's some uh, Asian places. Yeah. So. Yeah, so it gives you a good variety, but. The North Market is where you want to go. That's quality. Yeah. And that's, I can't wait. And then there's some good restaurants around, too. We haven't gone to any. Yeah. But there's some, looks like some good ones out there. Mm-hmm. All within walking distance. I will say the uh, salad. At the pizza place, though, on the food court is really good. The salad at the pizza place? It's awesome. Now, that could have been because I was eating greasy food for, like, two <laughs> days in a row, and then I got a, a big, giant, like, refreshing salad. But it was awesome. Oh, yeah? hmm Would you say that salads are underrated? Definitely. Um, as long as I get some meat in my salad. Yeah. And I'm, I want some chicken in there. I, I think that every time... Because a salad's never my first option. Well, no. But every time, like, I make, like, a big, you know, fresh salad, it's like, wow, that was really good. But I add so much stuff to mine. I got to get, like, the big Texas toast croutons because I love the croutons. I need tons of dressing. I love Caesar. <laughs> I like a bunch of different dressings, but usually it's a vinaigrette or a Caesar. Okay. And then I just load on cheese. I load on, you know, shredded chicken. So by the time I'm done with it, it's... <laughs> It's like is really, it really that healthy? Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> but it still gives you that healthy you feel, feeling. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's food for thought. Yep. So the, the pizza place, excellent salads. <laughs> <laughs> Pizza's fine too, but I was surprised how good the salad was when I had it. So the the pizza was fine, but the salads the were. The pizza was good. It was pizza, you know, it was your thin crust. What was better, the pizza or the salad? Depends on what the mood I'm in. I'm, I'm asking you right now. If I would pick one right now, I'd pick the salad. <laughs> but if I'm in a pizza mood, I'd pick the pizza. <laughs> just, it's just funny to me. A pizza place can have more than just good pizza. I'm not saying they can't. It's just... <laughs> it's just funny. <laughs> They're the only place that like had a salad. There's nowhere else. Yeah, I think that's true. So I wanted something that was like, fresh tasting and not just garbage i think too if you don't have a continental breakfast at your hotel i think having some fresh fruit is going to be really good because that's high energy yeah but it's not bring some bananas with you yeah it's you gotta eat a good breakfast that's Mm -hmm. what i plan on bringing some bananas i know sometimes the cert like the desk or like in the lounge they have the lobby they have some fresh fruit but Make sure they're not wax fruit. Yeah, that's why I'm bringing some bananas just in case. <laughs> Should we start talking about some games we're excited for at Origins? Yeah. You know what else I'm excited about? What's that? Is that we have someone here with us. Aaron? He's actually uh, excited to talk about this list, so he decided <laughs> to join us this time. Welcome uh, back, Aaron. Uh, yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> we, could, we, we couldn't keep him away. Yep. So today... Instead of a top 10, we're going to do a top five. Top five what? Top five most anticipated games at Origins Game Fair 2019. So that is games that we are excited to, might be available for purchase there, 
mm-hmm. newly released or demo yep or even expansions hmm. possibly yeah so how did you compile your list well i looked through the uh board game geek uh origins preview yeah geek list and then i, I looked at everything on there and whatever i was most excited about i slapped on here that's fair i would uh that's literally how i did it too and yeah. i would uh, i would recommend that people check that out yeah, especially if they're going to origins most definitely that's right on the uh the home page there's a big banner for it yeah mine's so uh, my list is basically a smattering of demos and for sale yeah i got the same yeah me too hmm. all right ryan why don't you uh why don't you kick this off all right so i'll get us started here so my number five is a game by Ludonaut, I believe. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right. When it is available for sale, looks like it should be around sixty bucks, and that is at the Asmodee booth. Uh, that is booth seven three five, and that is Space Gate Odyssey. Um, I'm not sure if you guys saw this one at all, but it's got artwork by Vincent Dutrait, which it looks awesome. Oh yeah. And uh, the designer here, I'm going to butcher, but uh, Cedric Lefebvre, or <laughs> I, I don't know. It's French. Sorry about that. So, uh, Tim, you want to take a crack at that? or? Yeah, hold on. Let me find it. So this one actually has been out for a month or two, I think. But it's got some worker placement, um, route network building, tile placement. You're trying to take control of different planets, I believe. You're trying to basically colonize different planets, and I think whoever has control, area control of those planets, I'm not exactly sure how it works, but you gain control of those planets. Um, I know your workers actually get upgraded, and you actually uh, attach some little stuff to them to make them look beefed up. But what really drew me into it was the artwork, and then I looked a little bit into the gameplay, and it looked like it could be decent or interesting. The main thing, though, was uh, really the theme and artwork on this one. Yeah, that's that's what caught my eye with that one. Didn't make my list, but just the artwork in general and the components look really nice. So it could end up being horrible, but I'm gonna try to <laughs> I'm gonna try to give it a demo at least, and then see if I like it enough to buy or. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll be there for four days, right? Yep. Yeah. This one did not make my list. And looking at it, I'm trying to figure out why. Yeah, it does seem kind I know, of like I, your alley. I, no, I know it. It's got the space theme for you. I know I looked into it. I remember looking at it. What was it, though? Hmm. Some other things hmm. caught your attention more. Yeah, but for some reason I thought there was something I think something the component where... production quality looks really good. If you look at some of the pictures yeah, that's mm-hmm. what I was doing. on it, it looks yeah. really cool. I'm just trying to figure out why I wouldn't why I didn't consider this one more. It sounds interesting. It looks Well, pick it. Interesting. Maybe I will. Tim, what do you got for your number five? That uh that is my number five, Space Gate Odyssey. That is available for sale. What do you got, Tim? Uh my number five. It is a card game that came out and it, I, I don't know, it's not really a second edition. It's it's in the same vein as another card game that I have and that we played. And that is Football Highlights 2052. Figured this one was hitting your list. Yeah. And this was on Kickstarter a while back. And 
I considered it and I just, I didn't end up backing it for whatever reason, but I see that it is, uh, for demo from Eagle Griffin games. Uh, it's to one to four players plays 45 to 60 minutes and, uh, it's designed by Mike Fitzgerald. You know, I, I, I really liked, uh, baseball highlights 2045 and I'm also, uh, a big football fan so i'm interested to see how this plays out so um, you don't know what changed how not, it works in this. not really they're probably um, not hitting home runs obviously you're not hitting you're not running bases um i think that's one of the biggest changes. differences okay. um, still uh deck building and all that yeah okay. as far as i as far as i've seen and but as far as how the gameplay works i'm not really sure and that's why i'm interested to to check it out It'd probably be one game instead of a few games i don't know it'd be kind of weird if they have it where football and they play you're like doing like a, a world series of football games <laughs> i don't know maybe they just split it in the quarters then because the innings were different yeah yeah all right aaron what do you got for your I number understand. five well i have no idea like <laughs> yeah he's thinking from the base game he's like, like well why wouldn't they, they use a ball what? <laughs> you can't play sports without a ball that's why they call it sports ball uh, all right, my number five is a. I'm not even gonna try these designers. You gotta do it. Okay, so <laughs> it's a two-player game designed by Manolis Vranis and Jamie Sajic. So there you yeah, go. we're sorry for butchering all your names. Trying to give you credit where credit's due. <laughs> I don't. I don't know how to pronounce. Sorry. Uh, and that is, I also can't pronounce the name. Shobu, Shubu. Something along those lines. Uh, it's an abstract strategy game. There's four boards. Uh, you know, you got your black and white stones, and you're trying to essentially uh, eliminate all of one the opponent's stones on one of those four boards. And on your turn, you kind of take two moves, or you take a passive move and then an aggressive move, um, just trying to eliminate the other player. And it looks really cool. It's set uh, up for demo um, by Smirk and Laughter Games. And uh, it's got that smirk and laughter. Smirk and laughter. Is it the smirk, smirk and dagger? Yeah, but, that's what I was thinking. But well, maybe that's what this one's called. That's fine. As this... oh, is there a smirk and dagger? Yeah, there is. Huh. Well, so as you may have come to know, I enjoy my abstracts, and you know, I was going to mention the artist, but it is there isn't one. So you know, there you go. <laughs> but it just looks good. It's you know some good quality looking boards and then uh it's like river stones which is kind of cool i'm looking at a picture here why is there a rope between two boards probably just for aesthetics or perhaps the boards fold and are connected by the rope as like the folding like a hinge oh well see it just looks like four four blocks of wood some stones on it and then a rope in the middle you what I didn't see that picture. Oh, uh, it might be. I'm just curious. Rope, I don't. I don't. I don't know if you if it, there was something in there. The description doesn't say anything about a rope. <laughs> yeah. So, um, it's in this picture too. Well, all right. There it is. The big old hangman's rope right in the middle. Well, all right. <laughs> Look at the quality of those boards. That's that's a nice looking. That's a nice looking game. It looks fine. Tim, well, you're not excited for this one? I'll try it. 
Because may, maybe it's the abstract I've been looking for. I have so many that you could like, but you still just don't do it. That yep. I could. He mm-hmm. just buckles out. He gets scared playing them. Yeah. He's hey, this, just intimidated. You could pre-order this for uh, twenty ninety nine right now. Oh, yeah. Look at that. You said this was... Uh, it's for demo. It's for demo. Yep. Well, that's my number five. Shobu, probably. What are your thoughts on it, Ryan? Not a whole lot. <laughs> <laughs> so he, nothing good or bad he gets no excitement from looking at abstracts <laughs> until he plays it and he knows that he actually enjoys it yeah like czar like czar for example yeah, if i, I looked if i looked at that i would never even consider buying yeah. it but aaron's gonna get it i'll try it <laughs> and then we'll see if i like it or not yeah there we go my number four is a game by cranial creations and that is available for demo at their booth, and that is booth 1058. And that game is designed by Simone Luciani, who is a very popular designer. He's done such thing as Zulkin, uh, Lorenzo Il Magnifico, uh, Voyages of Marco Polo. Tim, you're big on that. Yeah. <laughs> um, Grand Austria Hotel, I think. He's done some others, too. That was pretty fun. Mm-hmm. But uh, the other designer is Tommaso Battista, I believe. And that is Barrage. Now, in Barrage, it's the early 1900s, and basically you used up all the fossil fuels or fossil resources, and now you have to use hydroelectric energy. So you're using water to power everything. Um, the game has a like a wheel, and this wheel, construction wheel or something, I know you put your resources on and you can't use them till the wheel takes a full turn. You're also another big thing though is there's a lot of interactivity Ooh. interaction in the game, and that is these dams you build if you build it higher upstream, it costs more money or it's more expensive to do, but you can kind of control the flow of the dam, but the all the water will still flow down, so it'll eventually trickle the other people. I'm not sure how it works, but you can flow more water into your powerhouses to power more stuff. It looks like a. Re- I know the Kickstarter they had like a deluxe edition that was really really expensive, but I can't remember if it was like three D. It looked really cool. I don't know if it was like big three D. I don't know, but like it, these wooden pieces and all that I, stuff. I can't remember, but uh, I'm really excited to demo it just because I was very interested in it, and uh, I love one of the designers, so I am excited to check that out. Uh, that is Barrage. Yeah, that one looked really good. Yeah, I don't know. It looks okay. I'm looking. No, that's fine. I had a con. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, so yeah, that is uh, that's my number four, Barrage, which is available for demo. My number four, it is a game in the role player universe, and that is Lock Up a Role Player Tale. It is, I believe, it's there for demo. I moved away from it. It's designed by Stan Kordansky, uh, and it's at the Thunderworks Games booth. Uh, basically, what it is is you are playing prisoners in a prison, in this fantasy prison, and you are basically doing like a worker placement style where you're putting workers out there. Your workers have different power levels because you're like part of like a gang. So you might mm-hmm. be like the Kabul gang or the goblins or i'm not exactly sure what all the races are but you're going to put your guys out and 
whoever has the most, after you place all your stuff out, whoever has the most strength there, they're going to take the beefy action and then everyone else can take the, another action at that location. And, um, basically you're trying to earn the best reputation in that prison for your group or your gang. And then at the end of the game, whoever has the most reputation, they, they win. And I think they, they get pardoned from prison or something like that. But, um, yeah, I kind of like the, I like the art style on it Hmm. and it just kind of sounds interesting, kind of funny, different. So that is my number four. Lock up a role player tale. I guess I don't remember reading much about this. Yeah, I kind of looked at it, and I had already known. I mean, we knew about it before. Yeah, but yeah, yeah I didn't didn't think a whole lot of it, but it would be something I'd I'd try out. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, that's why I made my list because I would. Uh, the third third most game you want to try out in the whole convention. The fourth. Fourth most. The fourth. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, uh, my number four. <laughs> my number four is a game by Capstone Games, and that is plays in about 120 minutes. It's pretty heavy by Ryan Courtney artist Ian wow. O'Toole. <laughs> I think we'll be hearing about this later, but that is Pipeline. It will be for sale. And, uh, well, I'll, I'll let you say some of the things you have to say about it, but it's kind of an economic game. Um, I don't know what you would compare it to. Um, I don't know if we've played all that many economic games. Not a whole lot. I mean, Mubasa, but that's like a stock economic game. We've yeah. played some other stuff. But yeah. But basically, I'm not going to say a whole lot yeah. now. Basically, you're trying to like reorganize the pipelines and make them the most efficient and refine your oil to sell at the best price. That kind of thing. And it's a lot of tile it's like tile placement so you're building this pipeline and it just looked it looked pretty cool and i think the artwork on the cover is really interesting the red in that back and the skyline really pops off the it, like water mm-hmm. and it just looks really nice it's got that anal tool artwork everyone goes nuts about exactly <laughs> and man the, the guy does good work yep i'd have to say this one does look interesting Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> interesting enough to make your list well, yes, it does. <laughs> Tim, you got anything to say, or are you gonna wait till I talk about it? Uh, no, I'll uh, I'll wait. Okay. So my number three is the game I'm probably most excited about the theme, and this is the one I'm hoping is good. It's made by Plaid Hat Games. They do a really good job of bringing theme into their games, anyways. Mm-hmm. And they are going to be in the Asmodee section. That's 735. And uh, this one's available for demo. And that is Abomination, the Heir of Frankenstein. Ooh. This is the one I thought would be on your list. Yeah, it's like my number six, probably. Okay. I was figuring this would, because of the theme, I thought it might be on there. Yeah, and it looked good. Um, so on this one, basically, Frankenstein's monster, I think, is uh, trying to hold a competition, and then basically he wants a companion to live with, uh, to wallow in his pity. (laughs) And so it's a worker placement, and you're trying to manage your resources. You get them through morgues and cemeteries and I'm sure other interesting ways. And 
I know he'll show up sometimes, and if you're doing good, you know he'll it'll may reward you, and if you do poorly, obviously some bad things may happen. I know there's a s- storytelling or narrative element to the game. I'm not exactly sure in what way that's done. Okay. Um, I think it's guided by your decisions, but I'm not really sure how that works. And the game's going to end when you either succeed in bringing a creature to life or when, uh, if you remember the book, the sea captain, Robert Walton, I believe, and then he wanted to kill Frankenstein's monster, but uh, either he's going to kill the creature or you're going to bring a new creature to life, whichever happens first, and then whoever gets the most points is going to become the winner. Hmm. Yeah, the artwork looked pretty solid. And just like, what what games about Frankenstein That's, have yeah, you seen? You know, yeah. that's so cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. it never even dawned on me to be a theme. Yeah, it's like the same thing as like Frankenstein, Dracula. I like Frankenstein a little bit better, but they're both cool themes. Mm-hmm. Um, the designer is Dan Blanchett, and once again, it's made by Plathead Games. I like a lot of their games that they bring out, and they're usually pretty thematic. So I'm pretty excited for this one, and I'm interested to see how that narrative element takes place if it feels kind of tacked on or if it really flows well with the game or mm-hmm. so look at these player boards they look kind of cool where they have like three dials on the bottom it looks like they have uh like a humanity dial reputation and i can't read the last one but um and then uh the actual monster itself it looks like you almost like piece it together like one of those um like paper dolls yeah yeah i'm just hoping it's like a cool fun yeah thematic type game so yeah, this one was definitely was on my short list. Surprise! This didn't hit it for you, honestly, because it's plaid hat too. Yeah, but you know, doing a top five, uh, we always do top tens, but like a top five, it just felt. You didn't seem too thrilled about your number four, though. Okay. Lock up. You're just kind of like, yeah, that's. Yeah. Sorry. I'm just, I'm just saying. Actually, I'm not sorry, but. <laughs> I'm excited about it. Okay. Maybe because we weren't excited, so then you just kind of let it peter out. It just sucked the air to the room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's my number three, Abomination, the Era of Frankenstein. Check it out. Okay, so my number three, it will be in the Capstone game booth, and that is Magnastorm. So, from what I gather of this game, so you are trying to explore or um, kind of colonize this planet, but as you're doing actions and moving around this board, the interesting part of it is that you're trying to stay ahead of this storm that's kind of swirling on the planet itself. So I believe if you get in the storm, you could still do stuff, but you're like taking damage or taking negatives to your actions or however it works. Um, so that was kind of interesting. And then also it has almost like two different action boards. So on the one, you're going to pick your worker up off the board and then put it on the top and you're going to take that action. And after every piece is moved up to the top board, that one slides back down. You kind of flip-flop boards and then you, your actions are kind of in different locations. As you're moving around, you're trying to get different people that will help you, like different commanders and stuff that will do different things. So it, it looks cool. I like the theme. And the whole storm thing's kind of interesting and how the worker actions work. Sounds kind of good. The game is two to four players, uh, 70 to 100 minutes, and it's for sale. 
I think this has been out for. I think this has been out for a couple months, hasn't it? I think there's some reviews up. I saw Vassal yeah, had I, a review. And I, I think, think so. Had um, but I don't know if if it's uh, kind of the major English release or not. Uh, you know, I'm not exactly sure on the specifics of it. But it was on the Board Game Geek list of games coming out at Origins, so that's why it uh, that way it hit. Hmm. So yeah, that's my number three, Magnastorm. So I see here it says, at the end of the game, each player receives one of 120 reward cards, which can be used in later games to compensate for varying levels of skill among the players. You know what that's about? I, I watched a video on it, and I can't remember. It was like... Um... It was almost like something where, like, if you played with the same people, like, if somebody was better at the game than somebody else, you could use those cards, so then at the start of the next game, somebody would get a little boost. I don't uh, I don't think you have to play with those. I don't but think we're it, gonna. No, we're probably not. But it, it's, the way I understood it was supposed to help people that, you know... Because then it's like, the person who is gonna feel crappy right. that gets the boost... He's like, oh, I won, but I had an extra boost. Or oh, I had lost, it, and I had all it this seems, extra It seems weird, but yeah. eh, we'll look at it. But other than that, the game looks really really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is one. Uh, artwork looks cool. Michael Menzel. He does awesome work. So, yeah. Looking forward to trying that one out, possibly. So my number three is a game, and that's all you need to know about it. <laughs> All right, Ryan. I'm the new just... theme of Monopoly. Yeah. The Kingkiller Chronicles Monopoly. <laughs> You'd get that, wouldn't you? <laughs> you. <laughs> Got me by the balls here. <laughs> Would you get that? Yeah, though? seriously, though. Answer that question. <laughs> just to say you had it. Hopefully, it has like cool pieces or art or something. I've considered buying the uh, <laughs> Legend of Zelda collector's set of chess. That looks pretty cool. Yeah, chess is a good game. Well, uh, it would never get played, but... <laughs> it's a good game, but it's not for me. I mean, anyways. I'm not answering that question. <laughs> okay, so my number three is a game uh, by Stefan Maltz and Lewis Maltz. Hopefully okay, I'm getting okay. that right. Okay, no, yeah. And uh, it's through stronghold and that's valparaiso which is like a city in chile or something like that so in valparaiso sorry for the pronunciation yet again we'll just uh, say valpo sure (laughs) uh it's action and movement programming and it's like kind of point to point movement um but it's cool everyone simultaneously selects their actions for the round and Every action in this game is supposed to now, influence. Is that kind of like Tricurion, are you saying? Where you everyone kind of picks them at the same time and then reveals their actions? Yes, sort okay. of like that. Um, it it, like- but but then once once everyone has revealed, uh, you're not like locked in. You have, you know, because every, apparently everyone's actions heavily influenced everything so it might mess up everything you were going to do on your turn and you can then change what you were going to do you take a penalty but at least you're still getting to do something positive you're not just like oh they went there so that screws up my whole programming and you can actually kind of adjust 
as you go, uh, which seemed pretty cool to me. The thing that seemed, I don't know, give, I, I, something I don't like in games is, is sand timers, and there's a variant where you can use a timer. I'm just like, oh, that's a variant I'll never, yeah, <laughs> I'll never look into. Um, but you know, whatever helps them sell a game. But. <laughs> It, it looks good though. It how, looks like a good. How often do you think someone sees a sand timer? It's like, yep, a good thing. That's my game. I don't know. I just. Yeah, I don't. So. <laughs> yeah. You know, when I first saw this game, you know what game I thought of? Yes. But you can say it. Concordia. Concordia. Yeah. Just the box cover with the the people talking in front, and there's like a boat in the background, and they're in like an archway. Yeah. But no, I. I think you might have talked me into this game. Yeah? Yeah, it sounds interesting. I like the... Um, was it the sand timer? Y- yeah, <laughs> that was that was the hook. I'm glad you brought that up. But uh, no, I the thing that kind of interesting interested me was that, uh, you know, everyone takes their action or plans their actions, and then you can, after the reveal, you can change your actions. I kind of like that. Yeah. That's really all I got for it. Okay. Yeah, I I didn't look a whole lot into it, um, so I can't really say much. I guess it. Well, I think the board looks really cool. And I probably just passed it up when I saw the picture of it, and I was just like, "Well, as another euro." But then I remember you mentioned it before, and I remember looking at the board. I was like, "Oh, that looks mm-hmm. pretty cool and whatnot." So that's my number three, Valparaiso. 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 So, my number two is one that you mentioned, Aaron, and that is Pipeline by Capstone Games. That is actually for sale for 70 bones, and I did pre-order it. Whoa, 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 Seems whoa, like whoa, Capstone's kind of hitting whoa, whoa, our... Whoa, whoa. They are. Hey. You had one, Aaron yeah. had a couple, I had one. Here's my question, though. A game that you pre-ordered... Yep. ...and it's only your number two? Well, you'll have to just wait and see. You already know what it is, so you have to wait and see. (laughs) (laughs) It's uh, okay. Okay. So that is Pipeline. Aaron already mentioned the great artwork by Ian O'Toole and graphic designer. Um, That is Ryan Court, I think, is the... Courtney. Ryan Courtney is the designer, and sorry, Ian O'Toole is the artist. So yeah, it's an economic game where you're trying to take control in the oil industry, make a bunch of money. Um, there's three different grades or types of oil, and how it works is you're buying these different pipes. There's three different colored pipes. You're putting them on your player area. When a certain phase of the game happens, you count how many little notches are in those because if you look on those tiles, you can see notches in the pipe, in mm. the pipeline. And you count how many of those you pass through, and that's the different, the higher grade oil, the more... That's basically the refinement process. The more it refines, the more things that it passes through Right. for each color, each type. Um, you're getting contracts you try and fulfill. You can sell your oil in two or three different areas of the board. Um, you can get specialists. Um, it just looked really cool. I know it was a while ago when this list like first came out. I watched a playthrough by Heavy Cardboard, and it just really, really looked interesting to me. And it's something I think I will enjoy. Uh, looks like a medium heavy type game, which is right up my alley. Mm-hmm. But it seems like it plays pretty quick. 
and actually to get into the game isn't that hard. It's just there's more depth there once you start playing. You get better at the game through repeated plays. The, I think the biggest drawback for a lot of people will be looking at all the pipes and thinking that it's overwhelming, but it's not. That was my first thought. When I'm, when I'm looking through these pictures, my first thought was like it looks really heavy, complex, and this and that, but um, it's kind of interesting that you say that, that uh, it seems easy to get into. Yeah, it it kind of had the same for me. I was like, oh, it looks really cool, but the pipes look overwhelming. When I actually watched the playthrough, I was like, okay, it's pretty easy. It just looks busy with the pipe area. But I really like how you set up your pipes and you're going to be counting you know, mm-hmm, how mm-hmm. many things it grows through, and that's going to be your grade of oil. So are those, um, they have different colored pipes in there. So is that each player's color, or is it? No, so there's three different types of, look. Oh, I see now. Of yeah. oil yep. or petroleum. There it is. Okay. Yeah, this one, um, this one did not make my list. I'd be, I'll be interested to try it. Uh, but we, yeah, we might be playing it there. I might read through the rules. Okay. I was more excited. Like I was excited to see it. You know, I made my number four. I was more excited to see it that it, you had it on your list because <laughs> <laughs> it's something you want to try, but you don't want to read the rules on and explain yeah. to everybody. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, okay. and I don't have to buy it. You already pre-ordered it, so yep, we're yep. locked in. Yeah, that's fair. Yep, there's that. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's my most anticipated base game. Oh. Whoa. Pipeline. A little uh, little teaser there for you for what's going to be coming out <laughs> in a few minutes. From spoil it. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, really, I'm actually really excited about this one. Once I watched that playthrough, I was like, oh, yep, I want this one. All right, my number two, it is... It just would you wait? Is it really? <laughs> would you I didn't wait? Know anything about that? Would you wait? Bag game. Would you wait? <laughs> okay. Um, so my number two. It is made by Breaking Games, and that is it's for demo, and it is the Dwellings of Eldervale, and uh, it is designed by Luke Laurie, I believe his name is. And he is the designer of Energy Empires. Okay, I was going to say that sounds familiar. Yeah, and that was one of the hooks. Uh, So basically it's a worker placement and engine building game. And just like the Energy Empire, there's no upkeep phase. So at any time on your turn, one of your turns, you can kind of pull your people back, kind of like, uh, you know, when you're placing your scientists or your workers out Mm -hmm. in those Mm -hmm. style games. So, depending on when you pull your people back, you might be in a different phase than the other players, so to speak. Uh, and I, I really like that in those um, in Energy Empire. Yeah, I like how that that style is. Yeah, it's one to five players. I'm not sure how the solo works uh, with a game like this. Uh, Sixty to 150 minutes, and it's for demo. And the um. The theme of the game is basically you're trying to, um, you're trying to kind of become the clan that um, has the most. They they rule the most little dwellings of this kingdom, mm. so to speak. Uh, yeah. So that is that's about it. That is um, dwellings of Eldervale. Mm-hmm. Was it was that demo or sale? Did you that say? one was for demo. Okay. Yeah. All right. My number two was mentioned by Ryan, and that is Barrage. 
by Cranio Creations, and this just looks like a pretty heavy um, game that'll take me a few plays to really get used to, but just looking at it, and uh, just looking at it, it looks like something I think most of us here could get into. Mm-hmm. Most of us. Um, Why'd you look at me? Because <laughs> it's got that interaction, man. Anyhow, beating a dead horse there. It, I like the idea that, you know, the higher up you build your dams, the more control you have over that, like, water system, whatever you want to call it, river, for the energy. And people can still build under or whatever when you're trying to increase your capacity for holding and storing all this energy and it just seems like a really thinky game mm-hmm. yeah and i go for a new one of those but it looks as long as it's not <laughs> different too crazy yeah it's you just know, got a whole different look to it yeah and the feel i think it's gonna feel different mm-hmm. pretty strategic euro type game tactical too though i imagine with people kind of building up the dams and you got to react to it right yeah so yeah, I'm definitely excited for this one. Obviously, uh, I talked about it before. Yeah. So. so my number two, Barrage for Demo. So my number one is an expansion, and that is an expansion to a game I have played and I own. Uh, that is Teotihuacan Late Pre-Classic Period. Now, we talked about it a little bit in our expansion episode, Tim. Yeah. So I'll just kind of give a quick rundown of uh, some modular expansion. So one of the modules is Priest and Priestesses. That basically gives each player asymmetrical player powers. Height of development. There's a fourth temple, orange temple. It's harder to move up on them, but they give you permanent powerful abilities instead of just a one-time ability. Mm. Um, Seasons of Progress. That's kind of similar to the uh, prophecies and Zulkin. Basically, there's something uh, presented each round or e- during each eclipse. I'm not exactly sure that you have to either contend against or something that might, like, well, maybe moving up on the building on the pyramid costs more. I'm not exactly sure, but just different things like that. And then there's also development. So there's apparently new number eight action board. So a new way to build pyramid tiles. I'm not exactly sure on that one at all. But four different modules. I'm assuming I would always play with the powers. And the. And it just looks really cool. I love the game. And I'm excited to see what they add to it. And that is available for demo. That is at the Board and Dice booth, 907. And Aaron, I know you're probably not chomping at the bit for this one. I think it would be cool. Oh, I didn't, I didn't think you liked Teotihuacan very much, so I didn't know. Yeah, I liked it. I just, uh, you know, played it like two, maybe three times, and I got to get it down better. It's probably about what it is, but it, it's not like I didn't like it. Okay. I just, I think you think that I have this sour image of it because I skipped the demo last year. <laughs> yeah, but then you skipped the review and the episode. The review. <laughs> so... Uh, that's probably what you're thinking, but okay. no, I it, I think it's a good game and it looks really nice in the demo or um, the uh, expansion. It sounds pretty cool with okay. the different uh, abilities you get, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, so that is my number one Teotihuacan expansion, late pre-classic period, and they're uh, they're going to be in the Gray Fox Games booth. Okay, uh, so my number one. Do you want to guess? 
It's not. It can't be it. It's not it. Okay, no. thank God. <laughs> what you got? is it? You know what it? Uh, okay, well, you... It's a game that's published by Phalanx Games. It's a war game, then? It is a war game. Um, it's a It's a different... Is that Europe Divided or something? No. 1828? No, no. Uh, it's called U-Boat. Oh. Oh. Uh, <laughs> is it U-Boot? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, however. Okay, you but, boot. Uh, so I, I believe it's one to four players. Basically, you take the role of a crew on the submarine, and the submarine's like a, it's like a cardboard standy. I don't know if you'll mm-hmm. call it that. So you kind of put it together, and you're you're doing different missions. I believe it's also partially like an app-driven as well. So it has different scenarios. Uh, you can... I believe some of them are you got to go out and try to find the enemy sub and sink it. So you're you're basically using tools that they would use in the U-boat hmm. as you're kind of going along. It's not like you have like great instruments, you know, you're kind of trying to listen to different sound waves from the different ships or you're maybe using your telescope to try to see where an enemy boat is and, you know, different stuff like that. So that is my number one. I Part of it might be just to see the big boat on the table. Oh, it's that one? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Gotcha. Yeah, this is one that I'd want to try once, but I don't know that I'd want to... Oh, yeah. See, I, I think, though, yeah. because it's one to four player, uh, I could see myself playing it more solo. Hmm. It's not... It, then. The, the gimmick of, like, Fireball Island, where it's got this big... I think there's, there's actually something to the game. Yeah, right, right, right. But yeah, it's yeah, it's got that little. Oh, this looks all oh, like a toy that you played with when you were a kid. So come try the game out, type thing. <laughs> right, no, this and more that's you... fine. Just make a good game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is more you got your little miniatures and you're moving them within the submarine and you can go on the different levels. Yeah. So what are you then? Uh, like, how are you moving all these people? Um. So it depends. Like, so, what are you playing as? Like, so. If you're if you're doing one to four players, um, you can take the role of I think the uh, the first officer, the captain. Um, so you should only move navigations one miniature the, then if it's going to be thematic. Yeah, I believe so. Well, unless you're playing like one player or two players, and you might move more. But if you're doing a four player game, see, I think this is one that you'd want it to be as thematic as possible because they have the whole like boat set up and all that stuff. Yeah, I, I'm not exactly sure, okay. but. It looks really cool, and I'm really excited to see it. I believe it's for sale. Let me look. Well, I'm excited yeah. that you're excited. It's yeah, I'm sale. happy for you. Thank you. <laughs> I I think out of all of them, that one's the most um, reaction from you two. <laughs> <laughs> no, I talked about one of them that I can't remember, but. Yeah, it just seems gimmicky to me, kind of. I don't know. It might, but I've I've heard, I've read good things about it. Yeah. So that's my number one. U-Boat or U-Boat. It has an app too, doesn't it? U-Boot. Yeah, I I said it's partially app-driven. Real-time or or something like that? Yeah, yeah. Oof, real-time? Yeah, I'm out. (laughs) (laughs) If it's real-time and it doesn't take 10 minutes, then probably... uh, I'm not sure how long it takes. 
Uh, I have to look. But I think it's like a normal length. Six hours. <laughs> it it plays as if you're like actually, actually living in a submarine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That would we, you have to dedicate a month of your life to it. <laughs> <laughs> that I kind of actually wanted to demo that, but now that you, I saw that it was real time, I'm kind of. That's fine. Hmm. I'll still demo it with or without you. It's fine. You don't have to bring me bring me in to demo some bad games like you did last year, <laughs> last Friday, and Master of the Galaxy. <laughs> that was last year. I missed out on those two. Oh shucks! Yeah, you drag drag me in on Mountains, Mountains of Madness, Madness though. So <laughs> yeah, you're not out of the clear, <laughs> bud. Yeah, you know, not my fault. No, no. We had to sit there and wait for the guy for like ten minutes just to try this game that turned it out to. They we didn't even get all the rules taught to us, and we're playing with some other random dude, just some guy, and we're just like just some half guy. know the rules, and we're just inferring things, like well you probably do this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was bad though. That that wasn't the thing that made the game bad. Let's be honest. Yeah, so let's talk about your number one, Aaron. <laughs> let's bring up some uh, hopefully some good memories that we will be talking about next year. Uh, all right, so my number one is um, a game by Rio Grande um, called Nevada City. It'll be for demo. It's designed by Alan D. Ernstein, artist Klaus Stefan, Stefan and uh, Ant J. I don't know how to pronounce your name, guy. I'm sorry. <laughs> Stefan as well. <laughs> uh, it takes place in the American West. It's a worker placement game. So you start with a nuclear family, you know, a mother, father, daughter, son, uh, and you have your own little homestead where you got like a, uh, you're raising livestock and you've got a mine and you've got a garden, etc. And you're all in this town, uh, that has a few different buildings, um, that, and other buildings that you can build in future years. So you can basically on your turn, you're using your family or hired workers to um, take actions in your homestead or in the town or in the city to build up the city. And essentially you're trying to just get points by getting all of like constructing new buildings in the city, developing the city. Um, You each have like a private goal card at the beginning of the game you're trying to achieve. And each year, uh, some sort of events pop up that could like you know be a drought or something that totally messes with your farming or there's possibility for good things to happen in those events as well different workers that you hire you will lose at the end of the round at the end of a year unless you like marry them into your family like you oh, okay <laughs> you, your daughter marries the yeah. tile worker what you know whatever i'm just speculating but mm-hmm. So that's kind of cool that you can develop your strategy as you go um, by keeping certain workers in for the next year and letting certain workers go. Uh, and I, th- I really like the box art. It's just um, pretty simple. It's like a rolling hill and some dudes on horses. Looks yeah. cool. Yeah, I'm, uh, this is one that was on my short list to, to look at and try out. Aaron, I'd have to say, you got a pretty good list. Tim... I mean, we don't really know until after the convention, yeah. but yeah, I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm not too excited about yours. Oh, that's fine. Uh, I'm excited it's not your for list, so. you. Thank you, Aaron. I'm glad you're back. So the thing is, though, is he's going to drag us into some of this. So he might demo some by himself, but 
Well, I get sleepy sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. I'll try bad things. You try bad things. It's yeah. all good. And then you'll miss Warsaw and not play it for an entire year. It's fine. Yeah. I, I still don't. I'm still not sure if I missed out on that or not. On what? Warsaw. Warsaw. You did. I mean, you guys keep telling me I did, but I guess it's not good enough for you guys to pick for me, though. I've picked it a couple times. I tried picking it once, when I was and there. then... Yeah, I got close. Yeah. yeah. You could pick it. I could, but I won't. <laughs> All right. It's probably better than almost every game on your list. I don't know that. I don't know either. Okay. <laughs> um, No, Nevada City, it sounds pretty cool. I like the uh, the concept of like marrying your workers into your family to keep them around, otherwise they leave. So, Was that for sale or demo? Uh, that is for demo. Which is good because I might have just bought it and it could have been a bad game. I'm glad I get to try it first. So, Tim, what are uh, what are some games that were real close to making your list? What do you got for us? It. Um, the games that were real close. You mentioned one, Abomination. Uh, and then uh, Detective City of Angels. Basically, one uh, from what I understand, one player has like kind of all the information about this murder. And I don't know if they're kind of like a, like a, like this is a, a party DM. Game? No, I not like really. It's a game game. It, it sounded more like a game game. Okay. And one player is like the overseer in a in a sense, and they have all the information for this murder. So as people are, everyone else is playing like detectives trying to figure out this murder mystery in the city. So they're going around doing different things, and they can ask questions to the overseer. And they're like trying to throw them off or maybe trying to do different misleading questions or different misleading things throughout the game. Uh, it just kind of looked interesting. I think it was for demo, but I'm not exactly sure. And then one of them, an outside shot I'm worried about, and I think it has the call to adventure effect because it's based on a book. And I'm really excited about it, mm. but I don't want to be let down. And that is it. Evil Below, I think is what it's called. So why didn't this hit your... Uh... So I'll tell you something that's funny about this. <laughs> I, I don't it's, understand. He's obviously pumped about it because it's Stephen King, and he's yeah. just going ballistic, yeah. like just full steam ahead, not looking into the game at all. Yes, that's what I'm doing, yeah. Because <laughs> you can't look into the game. So There's I, no information. Well, go on. There's... I pulled up the game because I was like, oh, this is guaranteed to hit Tim's list. So I pulled it up. <laughs> I was going to look into it so I could kind of rag on him a little bit about how the game doesn't look good to me and then i checked there's no overview at all okay there was no artwork um i checked the forums there was one thread it was made by tim and it was basically (laughs) i'm so excited for this game (laughs) anybody got any new information or information and it's been over three weeks and no one has responded so that's not a good sign um Wow. For the game. Yeah. So, but yeah. it's like legitimately on the list. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's no overview. I think they might have, you said there's artwork up now, but yeah. there was no overview. They just came out with artwork. one yeah. thread in the whole forum. It was made and it by was me. him yeah, all, yeah. all pumped yeah. up. <laughs> love Stephen King. I love the book and can't wait. Does anybody know any, any information? And I looked and it was like over three weeks ago he posted yeah. this and no one. Yeah. I bet he already knows he loves the game. no so because well the the only information i know is that it's supposed to be dice rolling and cooperative that doesn't tell me sounds like a light yeah yeah so 
I was interested in the theme, obviously, right off the bat. And so is, did this not hit your list because you didn't want it to be a call to adventure? You didn't want to put it no, on the list to no, make no, it no. seem like no, just because bad. I <laughs> I do like to think I I I, I try to shot at you or anything. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I tried to look into it and there was no information about it. You even tried to seek out information. I even asked for information and got nothing. Nothing. Not not a <laughs> hey, come by and demo the game. Yeah. It was literally nothing. Is there still nothing there? I I'll look. I it, it was just, it was just ago. funny, but uh, they do have artwork out now, so they put that up. I think it was yesterday. So I guess just as a reference for the whole episode, even that the date is June second today of this recording. So there could be something else that might hit the list or more information about something. Sure. Uh, but as of today, I think May thirtieth, they put up the pictures of. The it the board game it looked more like uh, stills from the movie, which fine, okay, but they put up pictures, but they still couldn't tell me about the game. <laughs> yeah, they're they're not really. Uh, they didn't they didn't sell me. They don't it, have a whole sure. lot of confidence in their product. Doesn't seem like. Yeah, mm. it's it's very. I don't know. It's cash grab might be a cash grab. It, it could be cash grab. Trying to so, grab your cash and that's it. Let's so <laughs> yeah, there's a number of reasons why it didn't hit my list, and that's you know. So one that I'm excited didn't quite hit my list. I don't think you guys would probably be interested in it, but it's an older game. I think it was released in maybe 2002 or three, and that is Age of Steam mm. by Eagle Games. Uh, they actually recently had a Kickstarter to overhaul the components and the artwork. So it's a deluxe edition now. So this is just available for demo, though. It releases later this year, the deluxe edition, where it looks a lot nicer and whatnot. Um, it's a train game, uh, economic game, and route network building, different things like that. It's a heavier, real heavy game, and it was made by Martin Wallace. And I know there's like a big feud with Martin Wallace and Eagle Games. There's yeah, that's right. Steam yeah. and Age of Steam. I don't know any details, so I'm not really going to get into it. But but this one uh, has artwork. The the deluxe edition has artwork by Ian O'Toole. And, yeah, it uh, it's always been something I wanted to try out. It's kind of like a, you look at it like a beginner's intro guide to 18xx type of thing. So I'd kind of, mm. I'd like to try this one out. So that is Age of Steam Deluxe Edition, available for demo at Eagle Games. A lot of Ian O'Toole. <laughs> He's everywhere. <laughs> Including in one of the games that made my short list, which is Irish really? Gage. That's another capstone game, isn't it? It is. They are rocking. They're firing it is off. That, is that going to be the booth of the convention or one? I might have to might have to do a little just fast walk just, just to check it out. Anchor yourself right there and just. <laughs> they are actually, I think, right when you walk in, they're like right there. Basically, when you walk in the doors, I looked at the map before, and I think they're almost just right there in the middle, almost It'll be a center. Oh, really? Okay. Really short, fast walk. Yeah, you just have to, you have to slide, <laughs> slide in there, slide the in someone's slides. <laughs> Basically, you're just trying to auction off these stocks and build the company that you're going to have. Yeah, be the most, and whoever has the most dividends is the winner. Another economic game. This yeah. this one uh, it did make my short list too. I was I kind of looked into it, interested in it. So if you want to demo it, I'd be there with you. Oh yeah, and and the uh, artwork looks, of course, really nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, was, uh, on Mars is close to making my list. I 
I backed the Kickstarter, so I didn't put it on yeah. here, but that's available for demo. Century, A New World by Plan B Games. That's actually for sale, releasing at the convention. This is the third one in that line after Spice Road and oh, yeah, yeah. A New World. Yep. Eastern not, Wonders. Not a new wor- Eastern Wonder. And then this one's called A New World. So yeah, I know not a whole lot about it, but I'm hoping it is progressively slightly heavier than the other ones. They all kind of have been, so yeah, I'm excited to see what this one's all about. Yeah, I really like the theming on that one. Yeah. I'll probably look into Tukey by Plan B, Next Move Games. It's just a little light abstract. Uh, I was going to say with that name, I would assume. It usually falls in my category. I like yeah. those little ones that, you it's know. Plan B abstract, so that'll probably be hot. Yeah. Yeah, Reef was hot last year, right? Yeah. And Azul before that. Yeah, Reef. They, last year they had Reef, Century, and Coimbra. Yeah. They were the they were the hopping booth last year. They're the big bopper. <laughs> big bopper. It was hard to get in, in a, on a demo. Even yeah, a demo it was, was really yeah. tough to get in on. All right, Ryan, you got anything else? Um, I mean, I could list ten other things, but I'm not going <laughs> to okay. just go into. Yeah, that's fine. So, all right. So if that finally wraps up our top five most anticipated games at origins 2019 we can move on to our first review and that is the ancient world second edition the ancient world second edition was designed by ryan lockett and published by red raven games in 2019 plays one to four players in 90 minutes the ancient world is a worker placement game and set collection game where players are competing to grow the largest and most influential city-state by the end, which is done through collecting banners in any of the five colors. Players take turns placing workers to take different actions on the board or using military cards to attack titans. The game will end after the sixth round. Everyone scores their banners and any endgame bonus cards they may have acquired during the game. The player with the most is the winner. How do you feel about the production quality in this second edition? I believe it to be top-notch, as I think you guys will agree. It is A-OK. Yeah, I would agree. Obviously, the artwork is incredible. Ryan Lockett, designer, yep. publisher, artist, graphic I designer. I haven't seen anything bad come out of that guy. No, and it's, I mean, I can't even pick one of his games that I like the art on the most because it all is so They're also similar, similar in the yeah. same world. Yeah. It's, it's just awesome. I love how much it pops. It looks great. I really like the... The look of the banners. I mean, the monsters look really cool, mm-hmm. but I like like the desert look of the board. Yeah, and whatnot. You know, even the armies. If you look close at the armies, there's just little subtle things that mm-hmm. it just it makes it look cool. Like there's like little lizard riders, <laughs> right? And you know, different banner men and stuff like that. It just yeah. just the little things make it look really cool. And Aaron, you got the Kickstarter edition, so that came with metal coins and the. Knowledge scrolls were like the wooden, wooden and yep. cardboard, yep. as well as the coins aren't cardboard. Yep, I think um, even without that, though, it's still great production. Yeah, I didn't, yeah. I didn't see the the cardboard versions of those, but I'm sure, like everything else in the game, it's going to mm-hmm. look good. And just that Kickstarter quality that they put into this game, it just it puts it over the top. Yeah. The no, does um, this have the player boards? Are these thick? Yeah, they're decent player boards. They're not. Yeah, they're not no chintzy. Yeah, they're actual like, I don't know what two millimeter or whatever. Yeah, but the thicker. Yeah, yeah. They're yeah. not like scythe player boards or anything. Well, no, like that, that's but 
but that's like your top top notch. Yeah, but. they're they're good. Yeah. And they're double sided because you can play like the simple game, or you can play with the, the new ability that yeah. you get. Yeah. Oh, okay. The um, the ambrosia, mm-hmm. those tokens look pretty cool. Yeah. The yeah, uh, I I do like them. I think I would have rather have had cardboard pieces, or just to get more of his artwork in the game. Hmm. There's hmm. been other games where the Kickstarter copy came with like upgraded pieces and i i honestly i use the cardboard stuff unless it's the metal coins okay i like the cardboard stuff better because it just has more of his artwork which is just great i i see where you're going i get that but just i see where i'm coming from yeah but the like the feel of that yeah you know it's it's almost like the metal coin you know theory the tactile yeah they just they feel good not that you handle them a ton they're light though it's not it's not like coins they're like a good plastic though well yeah they're fine they're great I'm just saying I just want more of his artwork (laughs) sure it's it's not a complaint it's just yeah okay I'm fine with the downgraded versions because Mm -hmm. of that well and you know that the the base versions of his game are still going to be good quality Yeah. yeah so yep and the new dice in the I don't I'm not sure if it's just Kickstarter or if it's a second edition, but the new dice are actually like etched dice yep. instead of like yep. the first edition's it's got the uh, wood. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, he upped. That was one, or one of his earlier, not his first game or anything, but he definitely upped everything a little bit because mm-hmm. he's got the, got more the ability the, to do so yep, now. Yep. Everything got upgraded just a tad. Most things. So going in line with the artwork, I think that brings me into the theme of this game yeah um it's not crazy thematic but i definitely feel the theme and the art and the style of it and i'm building up my city state with these new buildings because i mean by the end of it you got tons of cards laid out so you've got this big empire that you've built up you basically have all these titan trophies you know you can look Mm -hmm. at it like that in your empire showing how powerful you are militarily yeah because either you can go out and actually like fight certain titans, or you always have that one titan that's like putting pressure on your home citizens. Right. Mm-hmm. So that I I get that feel a little bit too, because in between each round, if you still have a titan in your home region, you it's basically putting pressure on you. So either mm-hmm. you have to take the damage from it and roll the dice, or do you pay it off with some ambrosia, kind of hold it over from round to round. So yeah, I. I'm I'm with you there. I don't feel the theme a ton, but I do feel it. Yeah, I do feel it, and the artwork definitely yes. brings it in. And that's yep. for a lot of games. For me personally, is mm-hmm. the art is what's going to draw me in the most yeah. for the theme, and it definitely helps me with this one. And yeah, I I feel the theme in this one. I like the, and I like it. I like the th- military theme in it, like how you're retiring your military and it's passing on knowledge that that feels really thematic to me. It's like like a military would do. Yep. They're either getting too old or they're just too expensive to keep Mm -hmm. hiring. So then they pass on their knowledge to the next in line and yeah. Yeah, And they bring something new to the table too. Mm -hmm. It was very cool. Theme's good. All right. Well, why don't you lead us off on gameplay? So for me, the gameplay, I like it. The military cards how those work is probably my favorite part of the game. Um, I like how you acquire them, but then you're basically paying these mercenaries or your military to fight for you, and then they get more expensive as the game goes on. The more basically 
they just cost more because they're more experienced. They're more yeah. seasoned. Yep, more experienced, so they're costing you more money. I like how they flip over and pass, like we had talked about with the theme, they pass on knowledge or make help train the new recruits into being more powerful mm-hmm. warriors. I really like how those military cards work. The Ambrosia from the first edition, I think, is my favorite thing they brought that he changed into this one. I like that a lot because you are collecting this Ambrosia through various different ways throughout the game, and it, there's just a lot of different things that you can do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. I like also that he brought in that C deck of endgame scoring cards. Now there was endgame scoring cards in the other one, but you didn't see them until they came up, where this you can just look through that deck and kind of strategize and plan ahead on which ones you might be going for. And hope someone else doesn't take the one you wanted. That's true, yes. That happened to me. <laughs> so I do like that a little bit more because you can kind of just plan a little bit more during the game for mm-hmm. those. Um, one thing I I like and I don't like from the first edition is now the Titans go onto the player boards. Mm-hmm. I do like it because it makes the Titans more threatening because in the first one it was just kind of like, oh, it's the same in this one. You go out and fight them, they're easy to kill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they destroy some buildings and whatnot, but you can repair them pretty easily. But it's also, it makes it feel like you're forced to do military even more in this edition than the other one where a vi- there's not, that's one of the things that I knock against the game is there's not really different strategies you can take. Mm-hmm. It's just, you're kind of doing, you're doing the same thing every time you play for the most part. I feel like, <clears throat> you know, in one game I might go a little more heavily into buying the buildings versus another, the, the other one yeah. that might go more militaristic. And it's not a huge sway in your strategy, mm-hmm. but it gives you a little something different to do. Yeah. I guess what I wish is that you could just go straight military or straight buildings. Mm. Like the one, the first time we played the second edition, I kind of had played the first edition quite a bit. And I knew in that one, if you don't go military, at least, quite a bit of military you're not going to win because mm-hmm. when you take out some of those titans later in the game you're getting two and three banners which is way better than those buildings you're getting one maybe two banners right right once in a while with those buildings yeah so you're rewarded more for taking out the titans and i tried just a straight building strategy the first time we played and it just wasn't nearly as good as the second time i went mostly military with a little bit of building i i wish it's fine but I just wish like you could branch out a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I wish you could get workers faster. It's not till like the third round you, you don't can like get that. one. I don't like that at all. Well, but hmm. that is what it is. Why? Why do you think that is? You maybe he thinks you'd just be able to do way too much and. No, I mean like, why do you not like it as much? Because you still you start off with three workers mm-hmm. in the first two or three rounds. Either just give me... Did you almost feel too limited in the first couple rounds then? Yeah. Just kind of, but then at the end of the game when you had... You don't even have to get all five workers, I don't think, to win. But no. sometimes, too, at the end of the game, there's just not much to do with the last worker or something, too. Yeah. You're just kind of like, oh, what am I going to do? Oh, I'll just get a couple extra coins. Or, there, oh. there are a few spots towards the end of the game that I've noticed where... 
it's like, okay, I'm not going to go there. Especially so like the, um, the recruiting action where you recruit your family members. Say if you do that in the first, first couple turns, you can. Oh, the grow. Yeah. yeah, the grow. So like the last couple of rounds, it's like, well, that action's completely useless to me. There's nothing <laughs> I can do That's why, because rounds three through six is the only time you can recruit them. Obviously, the last round is pointless, unless you yeah. have a scoring card that gives you points for or something, your family yeah. members. But it's like you get them in round three, you can't use them right away, so you can't even use them till round four. So that's why I don't like that you have to wait so long during the game to get them because you have to wait till you're a third of the way through the game and you can't even use them until the second half of the game. So you, mm-hmm. you can't even use them till the fourth round and that's halfway through the game already. Yeah, unless you got that one special player yeah, power. one, and then you only can get them one round earlier. Yeah. So yeah. that's, I think, why is because when you do get them, you, it's already, the game's half over. Well, I mean, it is expensive, but you can spend the four Ambrosia or whatever it is to replace a citizen. Yeah. Which, you know, it it's expensive. You know, you don't get that much Ambrosia. And if, if you're you gotta... planning on feeding your Titan, yeah. you know, it's it's difficult. You spend four, and then you're giving up your ability to placate mm-hmm. that Titan. And then you have to face him or suffer the consequences. But I liked that part of the ambrosia like I, I if i need to i could pay for pick them up and use them again yeah i wish maybe like those building cards some of them give action spaces to make the building strategy a little more viable as compared to military beef up those actions even a little bit more hmm. make them even better yeah that would be that'd be cool you know make them there are some of them some of them that have different actions so like i know one building that i bought it would give me like two swords if I place someone there. Mm-hmm. So That's a slightly, yeah. Them, there's you, there's some. You don't use that action. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm ton. not saying they're yeah, very huge. Re- yeah, I wish there was. But there's a little, a little better action just to make that those buildings more. I mean, obviously, you need to get buildings to win, but mm-hmm. I'm just saying, you have to do military, or you're not gonna. Mm-hmm. You're not gonna win. Yeah. So. I remember playing, it's been quite a while since we played the first edition. Yeah. And I was not really a fan of it. I I wasn't, I don't remember exactly why it was, but we played it a few times and I thought it was okay, but when I heard they came out with second edition and you backed it on Kickstarter, I was, I wasn't very thrilled. I was excited. I'll say Cause that. Because I liked the first one. I was excited to see what they changed, what he changed. Because I assumed he'd only make it just a little bit better. Mm-hmm. But after playing second edition, I was surprised how much I, I really enjoyed it. So why is that? Because really, the only the main thing is the ambrosia, and I think that's what it was because it gave just a little bit more to do on your turn uh, with getting the ambrosia, and. You know, I'm kind of with you, Ryan, where it feels like there's only really two, maybe three strategies in the game. It's either... I don't even think there's three. I think there's really one. You military, <laughs> and then you supplement it with buildings. <laughs> mm. um, I mean, you you do both, but... Yeah, so I guess what I was getting at was, you know, you can go heavy military, heavy buildings, or if you try to get like a combination of buildings and titans that would give you ambrosia and scrolls and stuff like that. And you could kind of combo it a little bit because I like how the ambrosia works where, like you said, if you have four ambrosia, you can spend it to place an already placed worker. It kind of gives you that extra worker. You kind of spend a lot for it, but it's kind of handy to do once in a while. 
there's the, um, you know, you can feed the Titan that's threatening you. You can feed some workers. So say if you, um, if you couldn't feed them for what, like say if a Titan destroyed some of your little farms, instead of just not being able to get that, feed that worker and have them starving so you don't have them for the next round, you can give them some ambrosia and kind of help with that. I think you can exchange some for coins. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so there's there's actually quite a bit to do with just a simple mechanic that he added in. Right. And, um, yeah, I obviously the art's great, components are great. I don't know if I'd say the gameplay's great. I like it a lot. But I do worry about maybe some um, problems with, like, if it gets too samey. Yeah, I could see that being After a too many plays because of the feeling that there's not that many strategies to go for. Mm-hmm. And I can kind of see where you're coming from, Ryan, where you said that the fighting Titans is very powerful. And I do worry a little bit, too, that maybe that's going to be the best strategy to do. So is that the only strategy people go for them when we play or, or do we mix it up and maybe not do as well? Mm. But I don't know. I'll see with more plays. We played it a handful of times already and yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Well, so one thing that I really did enjoy was just the fact that you could walk into someone else's city state and be like, Oh, check out this Titan, kill him all right off their board. You know, any Titan that's face up is available for you to take out. And that's kind of cool. I don't know. I, I don't really care. I mean, that that was fine. I, I I didn't, I guess I didn't put too much thought into it one way or another Hmm. because you have three Titans on the board to fight. You got a Titan on your board to fight. Yeah. So I never really looked at other people's Titans to attack them. I just kept looking for colors. You know, if I saw, if I was going for purple and red and I saw he had a purple and red one, I'm going to go for his. There's a color, a bunch of ambrosia on there. Yeah. And to your point, Tim, about the ambrosia, and I kind of mentioned it too, I do like the addition of it a lot. The only thing I miss is how tight the game was without the ambrosia in the first edition. For hmm. me. Because hmm. it was more punishing where you had to really make use of the right actions where this one's a little more forgiving than the first edition. It's a little loosey goosey. Yeah. <laughs> and the, uh, I don't know if anyone else felt this way. I thought the player tableau got a little ridiculous at it, the end of the game. It was oh, a table hog. It is. Yeah. I like looking at his artwork, yeah. but it's like, man, this is. Cause if, if unless to... you start to stack the cards. Yeah. But so I don't want to stack see... them cause I want to look at that artwork. Right. But, but yeah, that's like the for us when we were playing that was the only like viable thing because we had like cards almost like falling off the table edge so you almost had to stack the cards so you could see the top so you could see the banners yeah but yeah it's surprisingly for what the game is i think yeah it was way too big of a table hog i think the player boards could have been made a lot smaller i mean i know he did it where you're tracking your stuff and but what are you putting on there because you put a card coins ambrosia and the workers but it just seemed like it was a bit, like you said, a big hog, especially when you get your your cards out there yeah. at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. That's a minor. No, I minor I agree thing. though because I I was thinking the same thing, and we play on a pretty big table. Yeah, yeah. I mean, on a table like mine, but I custom built my own. That would be it would fit just fine, but mm-hmm. that's because it's I built it too big. 
You know what I mean? I built it so that like scythe with the giant board. Most people don't have playing on tables as big as any of us have. Right. Most people don't have that luxury. So that's just something to be aware of. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you guys uh what do you guys think about this game? What are you giving a rating, Tim? Uh so my rating I'd put it right at a solid eight. Uh it's a game that I do enjoy. I joined it quite a bit better than the first edition. And, yeah, it, it's something if it gets picked, I'll definitely be interested in playing it. Mm-hmm. But I do worry about it um, it becoming samey. So I would probably give this, just a little bit lower than you, Tim, a 7.5. And this is right where I rated the first edition. There's things I like a little bit more and a little bit less about both. So I would say like it just just as much, maybe a tad more, but okay, it's a very minimal if at all. I wish that. So I was excited when he came out with the second edition. I own the first one and I enjoy it. And Aaron was backing it, and I was like, awesome! I can't wait to see what he changed. And I wish that he would have changed just different strategies. It's just kind of the same thing you're doing each game, where it's it would get, definitely get repetitive after too many plays for me. But I still really enjoy the artwork. The theme brings me in, and I do like the gameplay. I like the set collection of the banners and mm-hmm. all that stuff. And uh, the military part, how the military cards work, not necessarily the combat is boring, but how the military cards work is my favorite part of the game, probably. Yeah. So, yeah, I give it a uh, 7.5. So, Aaron. I really enjoy the mechanics in this game. But it does have that same feel. Like, we have all discussed that concern. I give it a 7.5 right there along with you. I do really enjoy the art. I like the artwork better in this one than in his first edition. It was still good in the first edition. Yeah, it's Don't upgraded a little bit. It's just, I think, you know, mm-hmm. he's moved along as an artist. And, you know, you go back and touch on something and you can make you touch it Touch it up and make exactly. it look a little bit better. Yep. Um, so, yeah, 7.5. Uh, I will play. If someone asks to play, be happy to teach it. I could see it maybe coming out once every six months. Yeah. Something like that. It'd be about, then that, it'd be about right with that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's where I sit. Well, if that wraps up our review of the Ancient World 2nd Edition, let's move on to our review of Orleans. Orleans is designed by Reiner Stockhausen and published by Tasty Minstrel Games in 2014. Plays one to four players in 90 minutes. Orleans is a bag building game where players will be collecting different types of characters and using them to take different types of actions throughout the game, some of which include traveling around a map, collecting goods, and building houses. Players will be moving up many different tracks, which give more characters as well as other benefits. Players will draw a certain amount of characters each turn and place them on their player board to take different actions while dealing with an event each round that might help or hurt the players. The game ends after a set number of rounds. Scores are calculated based on the amount of coins you have, goods you've collected of each type, then you add the number of citizen tiles you have for completing various tasks during the game with how many trading stations you have built on the map and multiply that number by your development status. Add everything up, and the player with the most points is the winner. So what do you think about the components and artwork in this game? I think the artwork's fine. 
I like the components. I like the uh, the discs you draw out. We are starting to see a little bit of wear on the disc, but it's gotten a lot of play in our group. So that's not really surprising. It's got a lot of sweaty play. Yeah. <laughs> I I do. I, I got to say it before you, Ryan. I love the quality of the bags. You had to rip that out from under you. Yep. <laughs> yeah, they're definitely. They're awesome. Best game bags I've ever had in my in my hands. <laughs> yeah, it's I've played it probably over thirty times just because it's one of my wife's favorite games, so we've played it a lot. So mm. my my sweaty hands are always in those bags, dirtying up those starting player discs that are starting to fade a little bit. Yeah, and that's why it doesn't surprise me that they're they're fading on certain sides. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think. Uh, the component quality is good. Nice thick cardboard. Player boards are nice. The tiles are nice and thick. The coins were kind of... They were fine, but they're kind of ugly, so I just upgraded them to metal coins. Mm-hmm. They actually have Orleans metal coins that I picked up. I didn't get the... There's a deluxe edition out there, too. I don't have that. I just have the base base game. Um... I like the artwork. It's not like crazy good, but it's Clemens Franz, so it's got that nice Euro artwork that you see in a lot of games that I like. So, yeah, that's how I feel about the production quality. Aaron, what do you think? Well, the artwork is there. It's all right. I, I don't, it's, it's not something that jumps out at me. Even like the box cover, it's just kind of a... Meh. Yeah, the box cover is kind but of boring. It is, but. to its credit, it is a different looking Euro than like your standard like Concordia or that new one, the Valparaiso. You oh, know, okay. it's, it doesn't have that standard Euro vibe. So it's got a little something different. In that sense, it pops out on the shelf versus some of the other ones. But uh, components are good. Um, I like the idea that some people use like the little metal or the little coin. The little coin capsules. Coin capsules for yep. their mm-hmm. discs. That makes sense. We found that out a little Keep late. fresh, yep. <laughs> but uh, yeah, overall pretty solid. Is, is the theme real strong for you? Uh, it's pretty thin. It's not completely uh, non-existent, but it's very thin. So yeah, you're traveling around the board, putting your guild houses up, and acquiring new workers, and this and that. But it's real skimpy for me. Yeah, it's not super there. Well, for me, the uh, the theme, you know, it's not really there, but it this segues into the gameplay. It's the the theme isn't there, but the mechanics are awesome. Mechanics uh, are there where the theme isn't. Exactly. Mechanically speaking, this game is all around solid. It's one of those games I feel like even when you're doing bad, it's still a lot of fun. Yeah. That's a sign of a great game for me is, oh, man, I'm not really doing good this game, but I'm having a lot of fun just getting those new workers, slapping them in a bag, breaking them out, taking some actions, doing all sorts of fun, different stuff. It's always fun moving up on tracks in board games mm-hmm. and seeing your progression up these tracks. Yeah, and getting a little benefit every time you move it up. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I like the different tracks in this game too. You know, they Tons each, of tracks. They each have their different rewards and yep. it's all these varying mechanisms that really just drive it. Um, yeah, because you got what the farming track, you yeah. get different goods, better goods the higher you move up. Uh, who's ever on top of that gets a coin, who's ever on the bottom has to pay a coin. You got 
what the fisher and track that is basically getting coins. Yeah, coins. And yeah. some of them, when you get certain spots, you get citizens too. Right. Um, you got like the the, the, the te- technology. Yep. You get yep. those cogs. You can put them on yep. an action space, and then that's basically one less worker. They're always there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're always working that action. And you got the the castle. The castle guards. Yep. Those are how many workers you draw out of your bag each turn. Yep. What's the black one called? Uh. Building the books? No. Yeah, he's a he's like a builder. You have the uh, the building track, so it's what level buildings you can build. Oh yeah, yeah. It lets you build a building each time. So each time you're moving up these tracks, you're getting that worker, and you're also taking that little special benefit, which is really nice. Yeah. You got the uh, scholar track or whatever, the gray one, where you're moving up there. You're getting him, and then you're moving up that technology track, which is very important for end game scoring. Yeah, that's the multiplier for the yeah. end game. So yep. the further up you get on that, the better off you are. Yep. It, that's kind of one of those like um, mid. It's it's very important, but it's something you should also kind of keep in the back of your mind at all times. Yeah. Like you don't want to just focus on that. Yeah, I feel know. like you want to get at least about halfway ish up it. You yeah. want to make sure you get that far, and then depends on your strategy on yeah. doing different things, mm-hmm. but. Um, so I guess for me, the theme is not why I'm playing this game. Right. No. The th- I mean, I don't really care for the theme. I don't think anyone is. No. <laughs> and so you're you can move around the board and place your guild halls out. Okay. Yep. Basically, I'm just moving around the board, getting resource tiles to help my engine as I'm going along, mm-hmm. and then scoring points at the end of the game with them. And that's, you know, the mechanics of this game and the gameplay, how it all melds together for me is why I like this game so much. Mm -hmm. You know, do I, you know, what, what track do I want to move up on? And then with that track, it's giving me more workers then it's giving me more options when I pull out of the bag and, you know, the different placements and all that stuff. It just, it works so well together. It's a lot of fun because there's those race up those tracks too. If they got those yeah. citizen tiles yeah. on it, and you're like wrestling with each other to try to uh, bust up them, and then turn order is really important on when that shakes out too. I I really like that. Yeah, and then like the farming track, you had mentioned it, but whoever's in the lead, they get a coin, mm-hmm. and then whoever's in last, they lose money. So it's always kind of like a back and forth. You're trying to like fight. Maybe if you're not even trying to get to the top. You don't want to be last. You're just trying not to be last. So you're kind of like fighting with the other people, but, it, you know, it's it's really good. Mm-hmm. I like uh, where you can kind of color your deck, so to speak. You color your workers that you have oh, too many you of them, them. you don't want. You can send them to that, uh, the town hall or whatever. Yeah. And you get little... In the base game, once it fills up, you get little bonuses for going there, and then when it fills up, you get like a better bonus, mm-hmm. like that. I don't remember now. Um, there's a little bit of that tension out on the map too when you're mo- you you want to watch where other people are moving to, so you try to like you might race to one spot just so you can kind of get those goods that you need, and then uh, the buildings and the technology thing is pretty fun because always having. Like, say you're going to be moving around the map a lot and you have that space blocked up with one of those technology cogs, that action's always a little bit easier for you to take. Mm-hmm. And then um, the buildings. Now, this is the one 
house rule or variant that I always played with, um, it says in the rules that you play looking through all the stacks and picking whatever you want. Oh, yeah. Where I think that would lead to some AP. Mm -hmm. I'd like to just keep the game going at a faster pace. So we've always, it's always been different, but we've always laid out three, four, five of level one and then the same of level two at the same time. Just Mm -hmm. maybe you can't uh, make perfect combos as easily, but. So I just didn't want it to lead to that AP. I just wanted to keep the game flowing and yeah, fun. And not only that, but also like a new player. Mm-hmm. Because if there's so many, if you yep. get a big stack of buildings, yeah. they might not even go for the building strategy or just completely ignore that part of the game. Because it's overwhelming to yeah. them looking at all this stuff, asking what each one does if they're not familiar with iconography. And some of them are tough to figure out yeah. too, mm-hmm. even now we still aren't 100% sure on what they are. So yeah, I like that though and give... Uh, little special benefits and special actions that you can take the monks are cool they help minimize the luck of the draw where they are just wilds they yep. can get placed mm-hmm. anywhere and then there's the i don't know did we touch on the events each round nope, I was gonna not really that's, okay that's what i forgot that so yeah and I, that oh it always adds just a little more to each round because like so for instance one of them might be where you can't recruit monks or you have to pay tax yeah, they're, so, they're good and bad. Yeah, they're, they're good and bad. 50. The worst is that plague whenever you're like, oh, Because uh, you're, you're drawn. Yeah, it's like maybe I want to wait to get a monk until the next round because I don't want to get him, and then that's the guy that I end yeah. up drawing out of my bag and I mm-hmm. kill him. Like, And then you're always pumped when you get one of your starting ones because yep. you can't lose them. You don't have so. to lose anyone. Yep. Yeah, I like the events too. Yeah, and it's, it's just something, you know, simple and subtle that help change the rounds yeah. enough. Really everything just goes really well together in this game and it's just it's just a lot of fun yeah i think the reason for me that it's the most fun is obviously i like the bag building but moving up those tracks you always get a new worker but then you get those little bonuses too and then Mm -hmm. if you reach the end of the track you're getting something real special i just i enjoy that competition Mm -hmm. um a couple cons for me might be uh it's a table hog definitely there's no doubt about that yeah Mm -hmm. it's got a long setup time um, if everyone's chipping out on it, just like any other game, that helps. But it definitely has a long setup time. You got to place out all the workers. You got to organize everything. You got to put all the goods out on the map. It looks busy and complex when you first look at it. I remember Johnny came over one time when we were in the middle of playing it, and his eyes got the size of watermelons. Did he walk in and just walk right out? <laughs> Basically, yeah, that yeah. was that was it was kind of like Aaron when we were demoing <laughs> going to demo to Hill to walk in. He's yeah. like, "Yeah, I'm out. I can't handle this." Yeah. <laughs> it, it's got that look, but it's really it's an easy game. It's a yeah. you know easy game to get into. Sometimes the last con I really have is sometimes maybe in the last round or two, it just feels like you don't have enough actions or good actions to take. You're kind of like, "Oh, I need to do like these two things. The rest of my workers doesn't really." do anything for you Mm -hmm. yeah i can see that where you where you get some draws where you can't use your workers or the actions yeah that's why i don't mind that early in the game because you can leave the workers on the board but when it's like the last round or two and you it's kind of like oh well yeah that's a good point or you're one worker shy and it's just like well what what am i gonna do now instead Yeah. yeah you know now that you say that i never it it wasn't something that really bugged me but if I had a say a con, that would probably probably be it. It's just that at the the real later rounds, if you you know you can't get what you want done, 
because you're limited on your workers or what they are or the action spaces. But I tell you what, though, if you can get it just right, especially at the end of the game where you have just the right workers yeah. and the right action spaces, it's it's um, it's really rewarding. Mm-hmm. That's where I think that town hall action is underutilized, especially early in the game. People don't realize that you're going to clog your bag up with all these workers that you don't want. And the ones you have a few of might be the ones you need. So you're like, oh, crap. You know, it's like, well, it's kind of your own fault somewhat because you could be culling these, getting benefits along the way. Yeah, and I also think those tech tiles are very important. Yeah. Because they can go on certain worker spaces to where you don't have to worry about the luck of the draw of getting your mm-hmm. workers out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can put them on the spots where you're going to take the action a lot or the workers you don't have very many of. Yeah. Um, I like the scoring too. You know, you just add up your coins, your good points, and then uh, that multiplier on the, you take your citizens and your buildings that you built and you times that by your level of technology and add that all together and that's your final score. Mm-hmm. I would always play with the expansion now that I have it and that is where the town hall board is much better. The and that, yeah. That's the trade and intrigue, right? We talked yep, about that last episode. Trade and intrigue expansion, the, the the town hall board is just a hundred times better. The actions you get on there are really good. Um, and that also adds those goal cards where if you have like say two wine and a grain at the end of the game, that might be seven points for you. But if you deliver it to the cert, if you're in that city and trade those goods in, you might get 13 points instead of those seven points. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you, you plan a little bit more on where you might want to move to. Mm-hmm. So uh, how do you guys like the um there's the expansion that creates the cooperative mode so how do you guys compare that to the base game so we've obviously if you've listened to us you know we've talked about this quite a bit but i would say i really like orleans invasion where it adds a co-op and i do like that a lot i'm not the biggest fan of co-op games but they did in a really cool way and it's like a euro co-op i like that a lot i like the competitive game better for sure but if someone wanted to play the co-op every once in a while i'm in yeah i would i would definitely not turn down a play of the invasion but every time we play invasion i think wow you, i wish i be could play yeah, I, I could just pay the, play the base game mm-hmm. uh and i don't think that's a knock on how good the invasion expansion is i just think that shows how much i really enjoy base game of orleans i agree with both y'all now, a lot of people think this game is better at higher player counts, and I agree, but I've still played it a lot with my wife at two, and we've really enjoyed it. It's just not... The only thing you're missing is a little bit of... Not as much competition up the tracks, mm-hmm. and then the map, you know, you're kind of more f- free to go where you want. There's just know, less variables. Yeah. And I know the time we played with five, Tim, I don't know if you liked it that much, because there's too much competition on that map where you kind of got frustrated. I don't remember that play that much, but that would sound okay. That would sound like something I would say. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you just blocked it from your I might memory have. and yeah. But yeah, that's really all I have to say gameplay wise. I don't know if you guys have anything else. No, that's um, that's about all I got for gameplay. So my final rating of this game would probably be a solid nine. It's uh. As soon as I played it until now, and I played it a lot, it's uh, one of my favorites. And I like, you can do all 
all sorts of different strategies and whatnot based on what tracks you're moving up or buildings you might be getting. So I really enjoy the game, and it's always a lot of fun whether I'm doing good or bad, and that's, to me, a sign of a good game mm-hmm. or one of the signs. Yeah, I'm I'm right along with you. You know, despite the artwork with the uh, the characters on the cover looking like Gumby, <laughs> <laughs> the gameplay is just excellent, and I would also rate it a 9 Maybe 9.5, but I'll just say a 9 solid. Hmm. Yeah, I think uh, this game is mechanically great. And I'm going to be at about a 9 as well. So there you have it. No. (laughs) I think we're probably all in agreement. We like it more than we like Altiplano. Yeah. Yeah. For me, for sure, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I like Altiplano, but yeah, this one's just better for me, all around. And I, I I think it it's really those tracks moving up. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. It's just fun going busting up those tracks. So yeah, the only reason I mention that is because it's a bag building game, same designer. So yeah, those yeah. of you who are out there who are looking into both of them, a lot of people ask. They're both viable to get, and it's whatever your preference is. I yeah. would say. If you get higher player counts more consistently, I would say get this. If you play more at two or three, maybe lean towards Altiplano or just look a little deeper into which one you enjoy more. Because I think this one plays better with more, and Altiplano definitely plays a lot better with less, hmm. I think, for me. So, yeah, that's my uh, Orleans. I think it's a great one. Solid choice. Hey now, dual winners, we got two contests going on right now. Two of them. So the first contest, and that Ooh. is for Champions of Midgard. And I have some of the upgraded components from Meeple Realty. Not all of them, but some of them are upgraded a little bit. We'll be putting some pictures up on uh, our social media, so you can look there. But the code word is answer the call. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I don't know what this is in reference to. <laughs> so if you want to email us at dualwingames at gmail.com and send us the code word, answer the call, you will be entered to win yep. a copy of Champions of Midgard. In the subject heading, you can just put contest or dual winners or whatever you'd like. But mm-hmm. just make sure in the body of the email, it's answer the call. Now, I guess, I don't know if we need to say it, but we are not, um, I guess, endorsed by anybody to do this giveaway or Facebook, Instagram, whatever. We, nope. are, we are doing this solely on our own. Is it limited to a certain country? For right now, um, the continental U.S., just because we're not able to afford shipping it out. Yeah. Otherwise, we would love to do one worldwide, and hopefully in the future we can. Yes. So look out for that. Yep. And uh, like I say, we'll post pictures of the game so you can kind of see. Um, it's gently used, and it's got some of the wooden components from Meeple Reality. So bear that in mind. Yeah. So uh, we'll take all the entries, and then we will randomly select a winner, and we will get a hold of you to figure out your shipping address and we will send that out to you 
So yeah, the contest will run from uh, June 14th when this episode releases, and it will end on June 28th. So get your... So get your entry in by June 28th, by the end of the day. Yeah, make sure you answer the call. Yep, and the keyword again is answer the call, and that is email us at dualwindgames at gmail.com. The second contest <laughs> is um, at Origins, we're actually going to run a little, we're going to have some business cards with us. Yes. And if you see us, come up to us and ask us for one. We'll probably have about 50 set aside and if you grab one, we're going to have you look at the back. And if it's got our signatures and what game, I think we're giving away Mice and Mystics. Mm-hmm. And if it's got the name of the game on the back. You're a winner. You're a winner. Yeah. We, uh, we'll either have the game on us or we'll set up a time at the convention where we can meet you and give yeah. you a game. So Yeah, um, we'll, we'll try to keep it with us. But if for some reason we don't, we'll make sure we get it to you no matter what. Yep. And uh uh, pay attention to our social media as well, because maybe uh, we'll be in the boardroom and we might post, "Hey, come to the boardroom" or "Come here." And yeah, or "Hey, we're at the North Market." Yep. Come, come say hi. Get a business card and for a chance to win in that little little raffle we got. Yeah, yeah. We'll see how it works. Might go good, might go bad, but uh, <laughs> come say hi to us. Yeah, please. <laughs> 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 we just want we're actually looking for people to game with we yeah, got nobody uh just just stop and say hi somebody <laughs> and um i think that's all we got so join our board game geek guild that is guild 3471 at board game geek Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Dual Win Games. And like we said earlier, you can email us at dualwingames at gmail.com. And it pays to do so right now. You can email the keyword <laughs> answer the call. And Aaron, you are not eligible to get in on this competition. What? <laughs> so that's all we got. So we will see you in two weeks for another episode of Dual Win Games, a board game podcast. And we're going to be going over our Origins review. So look forward to that. Yes. We'll be going over our trip to Origins to Columbus, Ohio. And we'll be reviewing Specter Ops and Fury of Dracula. Looking forward to it. Hopefully we'll see you there. Yep. Yes. If you're at Origins, you see some clowns walking around with some big DWG shirts, don't be afraid to say hi to us. Yeah, we did get shirts. That's exciting. Or Huck a Tomato. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> if you'd like a you shirt. You guys suck. <laughs> let us know if you like a shirt. Let us know if you actually know who we are, because there's probably going to be like maybe one person there that knows who we are. You know? so. That would be fun. The, uh, yeah, so if you stop us, you're guaranteed to get a business card. <laughs> <laughs>